Hunters for Military coming at you at 15 Perry Street with my sidekick, Paul Martinez. Hey, everybody. And I've got also Kelly is back with us, Kelly Roby, who is on the podcast, has actually already been a co-host on one show. Now, this is the second. You're becoming a regular here. <laughs> I appreciate it. You'll Thank be you a so much for, uh, Yeah. You'll be a card-carrying member here for too long. I like it. All right. Thank you. Yeah. We'll have to work that in. So we have um, Chris Dutch. You go by Dutch. Yeah. And Moyer. Yep. Chris Dutch Moyer. Or, Doug, with or Dutch Chris Moyer. Chris oh. <laughs> <laughs> However you figure it. That uh, we're going we're gonna to get into your story. And like most people who come on the show, one of the things that we want to ask is, what made you join the service in the first place? What, what led you to that decision? That's a great question. I think that for me personally, I always wanted to, I always wanted to fight one. I always wanted to, I had this, I had this desire to always want to be in the military, always. Uh, from the very beginning, you know, I would show my dad books on armored warfare, aircraft. I was a big fan of aircraft a long time. And one particular time I showed him this, you know, open up this plane book, you know, and I have a JU-87 Stuka dive bomber, you know, in this full color glory with a snake painted from the nacelle all the way down to the tail. And I said, look how beautiful that is. And my dad says, it's not beautiful, son. It's a war machine. And, uh, but I loved it. I loved everything about it. Was, was he a uh, former military nope. himself? No, okay. he was not. He was a tough guy. He is a tough guy. He's just a, a plugger, you know. He's a stout dude, who a uh, blue-collar worker, constantly working. Um, but, you know, I always wanted to, I always, I always, whether it was looking at the plane books or the armor books, it was reading history, uh, you know, playing in the sandbox with tanks. Yeah. You know, I used to build the Tamiya tanks, 135th, well, 135th scale, right? And then I would, you know, create you know, blast holes in them and, and you know, try to get, yeah, I did dioramas and crap like that. And, you know, we, I played war games. Avalon Hill, I don't know if you know that. That no. name at all. Avalon Hill was a was a box board game, you know, and it dealt with real, real things. Uh, you know, it did the whole Stalingrad piece. It did, um, it did. Jeez, uh, it was first first I ever played Avalon Hill games. It was Germans versus Russians, and then it was you know, there was Germans and Americans, and then uh, you, there was all kinds of different scenarios. Now, every one of them. That you, you could you could do the scenarios, of course, but they were all based on factual events. So that just it, forever, ever that I can remember, right? The big man put me on this this earth to do it. So, hmm. and then were you like in high school when you decided to join? And oh yeah, I, I decided to join when I was thirteen, probably. Yeah, and, you know, and I, you know, my mom and dad always knew that I was going to join the service. So did I joined, you know which branch? Or yeah, yeah, I was. I wanted to be an armor crewman. I wanted to oh, be. Did in you a, really? I, I wanted to be in a tank. Hey, now my my kind of guy. Nineteen uh, Zulu here. So Zulu, I was a nineteen Echo. Well, I started off as a Foxtrot. Do you remember that? Fox. Okay, I'm really showing my age. Never was mind. Forget Fox? that whole thing. I'm going to edit it out. Well, what was the tank? Tank driver M60A1. I'm. Oh, no, I was I'm nineteen Echo M60A1 and yeah. A3. Yep. Armor crewman and M1. And M1. Yeah. I went. I did all of them. Yeah. Same here. Get out. Boom. That's pretty cool. Were you ever in the CAV, too? I, my first assignments were first of the 9th CAV uh, in Fort Hood, Texas. First CAV. Okay. I was in 1st and 11th uh, ACR over in Germany. Huh. Uh, that was my first CAV. So, I'm sorry. 
getting way off. We're getting into, we're having a no, bro fest here. It's all good. <laughs> and the armor guy's got to get some love sometimes, too. You know, yeah. It's I a mean, shitty life. It is. <laughs> horrible. I did four years, and I said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Let me get the hell out. Yeah, I did, too. Why? Uh, what was so shitty about it? Uh, leadership's horrible, terrible. Okay. It was the, it was Army in the 80s. Yes, so same here. Drug use, alcohol use. Um, it was poor leadership. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You people are horrible here. I didn't, you know, and I was, I was stupid, too. I didn't know anything about the Rangers. So, you know, I didn't know anything about Special Forces, you know. Yeah, I did. What I, about Special Forces? <laughs> Fuck Special Forces. Yeah. Reference? Yeah. yeah. The Ranger oh. video, right? Yeah, yeah. The Ranger School video. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. You don't know this one? You no, want to no. go to Ranger School. <laughs> yeah. You don't know it? No. Oh, my Lord. You need to watch it. We'll, we'll queue it up after this. Yeah, yeah that's hilarious. Special Forces. <laughs> it was the photograph of that dude. It was a Navy guy, though. The photograph yeah. was a Navy guy from uh, the... the, the, the uh, when they they attacked Karzai, right? It was a uh, yeah. He was on PSD or something. Yeah, yeah and he was he had his shirt on his head like a yeah no shirt shirt yeah. on his head. Yeah, <laughs> big beard, little gut sticking out. Yeah, yes, that's right. Terrible. I do remember terrible, that. Terrible yeah. view of the Navy. Well, I got to see this. It's then. The, it was a, a floperator picture. Uh, you know, somebody okay. that got like a. I mean, we could all be caught in 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 bad times. You know, a bad <laughs> photograph. But wait, yeah. are, are you saying they had a Navy SEAL? Playing a ranger? No. Okay, no, so, it no it's a parody video. Oh. No, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a parody? Would you call it a parody? So it's a video about you want to be tough, you need to be, you know, you go to ranger school. And it's got all these yeah. cool, uh, ridiculous, funny inputs into this little, you know, video, right? But one is, you know, guy says, what about Spencer Forces? And it's a picture <laughs> of a dude. This dude was, he was a PSD on Cars Eyes PSD. And that was, a, you know, that's a bomb magnet right there. So he, and he was an Navy SEAL guy, and, and the picture was compromising him. And what, they, they did a firefight or something. They just, something happened. He took his shirt off, and he wrapped it around his head like a turban. And, you know, he just looks dopey. Yeah, he didn't so, look cool. No, it's just yes, a compromising dopey picture. So they yeah, put it yeah. in there, and it's, it's funny as all get out. It is All hilarious. Right. All right, we'll, we'll have to check yeah. it out. You'll have to educate me. Yeah. Oh, it's. I just only recently watched the Bobs. We just talked about this. And you will. I'm telling you, if you don't laugh when you see the Ranger School video, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. They need to use it as a recruiting tool. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's really good. Yeah. So after four years, after four years, did you re-enlist? <laughs> after four years. So after. So we're going to convoluted way uh, talking about my history, but after four years, I said this is stupid. I get out, and I become a. Uh, Wow, nothing. I uh, became a, a laborer for United Parcel Service. I was a supervisor after that because I thought, well, this is dumb. Why, why would you want to be a supervisor and, and uh, fight the unions? I was in a whole other, that's a whole other story, rabbit hole you can go down to. But, and then I, I just really, I did National Guard work, and I was like, you know, this, I really miss it. I want to go. I want to get deeper into this thing, and I miss the camaraderie. I miss being a soldier. And... Uh, and before Desert Storm came back, I said, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rejoin the army." But the time, it was an interesting time because the army wasn't taking anybody. The, the there was the Bear Program, which I don't remember what that acronym stands for anymore. But oh, you could God, keep your rank. That. So like I was, I was staff sergeant. Yeah. And I, I wanted to go back, and I couldn't. You couldn't go back. And then one recruiter says, "Yeah, you you can be." I said, "I want to 
go back. I want to go to the infantry, or sorry, infantry slash rangers. And he said, oh, yeah, we can do that. But here's the thing. You can either be a cook or a chaplain's assistant. I'm like, nah, I don't what? I'm not, I'm not doing either one of those. So, so I waited. Then I started trying to get into the SF community. So I, I went to uh, my National Guard station was in Ligonier, Pennsylvania, and it was an armor National Guard um, unit. So then I went to, <clears throat> excuse me, I changed. I went to 19th Special Forces Group out of Camp Dawson, West Virginia. And they lost my paperwork. And <laughs> they lost my BRM and ARM. I, it, was, it was a very strange convoluted story how it all happened. But in the end, <clears throat> I spent a very small amount of time up there. And I did. I walked some places that later on I would walk again. And I didn't even know it. Uh, and then we went to Fort Ord, California. We did a pre-course, and I did a whole lot of more so, walking. So you were assigned to 19th. And, and, yep, I was assigned 19th. Okay. And so I thought I was going to get back in the regular Army this way. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to get my tab and go this way. Right, so you didn't go to SFAS or Q or nothing? Nope. Um, I did the pre-course out in Fort Ord. That's your, 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 your two-week, mm-hmm. once-a-year thing. And then uh, I don't know it all fell down. Did they send you to Airborne School even? Nope, nope, none of that. So, so you were a leg atta- assigned to the 19th. Yep. Yep. Wow. How yep. painful was that at that time? For no, me? it was fun. The, the, is that still the barbecue period? Because there was a I mean, guard usually back then, and so it's it maybe different today. I, I don't know. So uh, back in the 80s, 90s, you know, we used to joke because a lot of, and it was true at that time period, a lot of guard units would actually just get together for their Muta Four and barbecue. Have you know at least one of those Screw days? Around. Yeah, they, without a doubt. And I was, I was like, so when I was in Ligonier with the 103rd Army, 28th Infantry Division, right? This is a storied division, the Bloody Bucket. This is the same division that went through the Hurricane Forest. You know, badass, the Bloody Bucket. They called the Bloody Bucket because they, the casualty rate was so high. So, uh, I was amazed. And how many of those non-commissioned officers, senior non-commissioned officers, had no idea how to do tank table seven, how to do, you know, these things that I can't, I'm like, wait a minute, I just, wow, I must be a genius. But no, I spent four years in the regular army, and we did stuff, you guys, barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> so you screw around, right. you don't do much. You know, one guy, the master gunner, man, maybe he do some of that, but nobody else did. Um, so it was amazing to me, yeah. So, yeah. So you go out to Fort Ord. Yeah, it was just a two-week thing, and oh, okay. you, know, we, you do all your tests and whatnot. And, what, and then, uh, how, how did you pull the trigger and decide to, or end up getting back in? Because you said the recruiter only offered you two options, and you weren't taking those. Yeah, so once, I don't know, I honestly can't remember how it happened. <laughs> you have to forgive me there. But somewhere down the line, they just said, okay, now there's an opening for infantry. So I, I grabbed it. I was... I was actually, at the time I was working in Cleveland, Ohio, as a shipping supervisor at a at a computer company, and uh, I went to scuba school, not Army scuba school. I went yeah. to like Patty or S- now, yeah, yeah, SSI. Uh, oh, oh they, that was back then. Scuba schools international, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought a whole bunch of kit, and then I became a diver, you know, yeah. and got I my op- whole thing. open water cert in Lake Erie. Yeah, and then uh, I jumped out of an airplane. I went to the Cleveland Parachute Center yeah. with, with some other dudes, and we drank a lot that night, and then we jumped out of airplanes. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm trying to do all this because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, the war was kicked off. Uh, Desert Storm. Desert Storm. And I'm like, man. And then 
And then sadly, though, that was a great armored. Yeah. That was an armored yeah. shoot fest, man. You know, yeah. the, the M1s are kicking ass, right? Yep. <laughs> and so right on CNN is a guy named Eddie Savage. I went to basic training with that motherfucker. And here I am. I'm missing everything. I'm sitting on a couch. <laughs> and he's on CNN. Crying in my oatmeal. And my man's on CNN talking about how he smoked some tanks. I'm like, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> Damn it. How did I miss that? So... Now, long story short, I finally got the infantry contract in and more convolution. When I got the infantry, no, I thought I was going to have to go through basic and AIT the mm-hmm. whole way. I was, you know, I'm 20, was I 26, 27? Came back in 26, 27 years old. Did they leave you a rank or they drop you one? No, no, I was drop one. Hell, I, I was a specialist. Nothing. I wow. Nothing. Wow. Big so, jump. Yeah, big jump. Uh, so I get, I get crushed. I get nothing. So I'm just, I'm already in my head, right? I'm going, I know that I am going to go through the whole process. And so I, I, I'm at the 30th AG, mm. right? Infantry, yeah. you know, Fort Benning, yeah. before it turns into a whatever, whatever it is now. Sand Hill. The weird conglomeration thing that Fort Benning is now. Before it was infantry, now it's, oh, it's just, everything. Yeah, they call it... It doesn't make uh, any sense to me, but... What, what do they call it now? Come on, Paul. Why would I know that? When you yeah, drive through there, you drive through, did you see the Roman? Yes. The Roman gate isn't when that, you drive through isn't that, that crazy? Man? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, really? uh, what, that's all new. I haven't seen it yet. Dude, the, in the, the pillars front gate, in that front. Yeah, when you're oh, driving yeah, down. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, um, when you're driving down uh, 185. Yeah, coming in where Victory Drive crosses yeah, yeah. it. Dude, I don't, yeah, it's cool. I don't like it. It's creepy to me. It is. It's kind like of this weird. kind of Romanesque. You know, well, because they've got like that. They got a cab guy on a horse or whatever. I don't like that part as much. Yeah, because it's cab armor and infantry. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Oh my God, we're gonna get killed for this. I know we are uh, for not knowing what the hell the name of it is. Name of what? The name of Fort. What they call now the whole Fort Benning base. Maneuver Center. Maneuver, Maneuver yes. Center of Excellence. There yeah. you go. See, you do it's know what it is. Burned into my brain. M O E. Because yeah. they took away the the home of the infantry. Or M C E. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's no longer the, home of the infantry. Yeah. Which which kind of bothers me. But again, there you go. It doesn't make any lot. sense. Yeah. No. Well, because they moved armor out of Fort Knox. I mean, <laughs> why? So, I don't know. Ah, uh, they're saving money. It doesn't make Put sense. Put quotes around that. It yeah, sounds saving like money. Yeah. It's just a lame name. So you come into 30th AG. Yeah, so I, 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 I grab the kids. I grab the kids. Let's go outside. Let's go. You are going to need drill and ceremony. So I start teaching yeah. drill and ceremony in the parking lot. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how many push-ups can you do? Let's, let's go. We're, we're do, let's, do, let's do some PT because you guys are going to have to do this, right? So we ended up doing DNC and PT and whatnot, and and uh, one of the uh, handlers, you know, there's a lot of NCOs there. I don't know what they do. They're, I think there's a basement thing. If I remember correctly, it was it was down below where the where the kids stayed. And this guy comes up and says, "Hey, you know, find, come to find out there, uh, old Dutchy boy, you are already a soldier. <clears throat> so since you're already a soldier, you don't have to do all this." I'm like, well, okay, fine. Um, then uh, you know we're, we're what else you know what do you do there at 30th age you get you get uniforms and you get glasses haircuts, and you get shots yeah. and haircuts and mm-hmm. whatever else you get all that crap and so CIF. and the one E5 who was one of our handlers was asking for help he said you know uh, you're you're mature come over here help me you know r- rally these cats up and do the things you got to do so and I'm looking at the list of people on there of course I see myself on there and it says 11 Mike. Ooh. And it, that's mechanized, mechanized, right? I go, hey, hey, sir, this, this is what I think it is. This is mechanized, right? And he goes, yep. I said, no, no, no. I've already done all that. I said, I want to be an infantryman. So I want to go to you know airborne. I want to eventually try to rank rangers and blah, blah, blah. And he said, 
I think I can help you. And he took me downstairs to, there were some recruiters down there. One was a, a, a ranger tabbed guy. And he says, uh, yeah, we can change your contract right now. He said, but you're going to you're gonna have to re-enlist for like four years right now. I go, no, no, I'm, I'm, this is my second time in. I'm doing this the whole way. I, I, I'll, I'll re-enlist for 10 years right now if you want me to. Uh, if that's the thing, I want to I do it. So we did. We redid the contract right there, and I got a Ranger contract before I ever left. So, but then I, you did that. Yeah. Because there was a lot of guys. We've yeah. had so many on the show that talk about they got there as 11 Bravo. At least that's what they thought. And then all of a yep. sudden, it's, hey, you all are 11 mics, you know? X-ray. So yeah. yes, wherever exactly. we want you. Yes. Yeah. If you've got an X-ray on your contract. Well, it happened to you because you went, you got I ended picked up for being Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't upset about it. I, w I tried to join the Marine Corps. I was going to be at Mortarman. Yeah. It oh, just cool. sounded cool. They call it a three mile sniper in the Marine Corps. Like some, one of my Marine buddies told me that. I'm like, that sounds badass. <laughs> I was wrong. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's a lie. I mean, it's a cool weapon system. I'm Base happy play. I got to do it. Oh, it's a fantastic it's weapon awesome. system. I love it. Right? Yeah. And I'm glad I got the opportunity to do it, but it's not glamorous or sexy. So, so Especially when you're jumping out of an airplane with a base plate. Yeah, that's not fun. It's pretty sexy <laughs> when you do fun. some direct lay, though. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, oh, no. That's yes. pretty fun. Yeah. I think the yeah. system itself, the, whole, the, the mortar itself, whether it's the 82, 60, 82, or the 107, yeah. four deuce, whatever they call now, but, yeah. but it's a fantastic system, man. Oh, yeah. That's a high angle hell. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 No, you can't. It, it just adds so much to the fight. Hell, yeah. Like, you can't, you can't mess with a platoon that's got mortars yep even a small them. even one small yep. that's a great weapon for uh, yep. indirect fire yeah oh, fantastic yeah. see he, he's working his magic first he, he like me with the armor you now <laughs> with the whole mortar doing a good job dutch thanks man <laughs> so you're about four or five weeks into this whole process do they tell you okay you can just kind of set out the basic training portion of this no so because the the uh, jackasses in camp dawson who lost all my paperwork right i mentioned earlier that they lost my brm ARM. So now I got to go back to BRM. When's BRM? BRM is in basic training. Yeah. So they've hurled me into an already ongoing basic training course. I'm like, eh, whatever. I was already, look, I was already in for the long haul. I'm fine. Sure. I can do this. And <laughs> what a trip. Uh, I'm older, uh, more mature. I'm the specialist. The kids called me the specialist. <laughs> That's and awesome. It was uh, it was a kind of a hoot. I had one drill sergeant, his senior drill sergeant was a Hispanic dude, and he was very he was courteous. He's like, you know, you look, you're already a soldier. I'm not going to mess with you. As a matter of fact, we're going to try to give you your own room. Uh, but the staff sergeant, cool. the staff sergeant, whoever his name was, oh no, you're not. Oh no, not in my world. Oh no, no, you can't mess with what I got. Mm -mm, no, no, no room for you. And oh, by the way, pretty much f you, f you, f you. Yeah, and he every, every moment he could, he rode you. He would he would jump on me. I'm like, wow, what's up with my man here? <laughs> yeah. Give me give me a little bone. No. And the other guy, he just he let it go. All right, effort. He let it go. Um, so at nighttime, you know, you had to check your lockers. Yeah, that was the he turned around, check your lockers, and you had to rattle your lock. Prepare to mount the bed. Check your lockers, and you had. To, and I'm like, I'm really doing this, right? Hey, I'm doing this, right? And then when the lights went out, I would go to the bathroom. I, my my buck was near the latrine, and I would go in there and do PT. Yeah. And then after I did finally get BRM and out of the way, then they 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 pushed me to a uh, to a, an AIT unit. So, but it was. It was really funny, you know. I would bend my ball cap like you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh no. They wanted it flat. Oh, they, they would take it off my head and stomp <laughs> on it. 
and throw it back at me. And I put it back on my head. I go, like pause. I go, I go, Roger that. And I put it back on and I do it again. And oh, it went on and on. It was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Dude, I remember back in the 80s, dude, the I mean, like 90s, when I first got um, to Benny, man, the Rangers had that. They had that nice little role. I tried mm -hmm. to, like, learn how to do that, you know, with the patrol cap. It would take a special class on it. It's <laughs> probably why you couldn't figure that out. <laughs> Buy them that way. No. Go down Go to, to uh, Ranger Joe's. KW. Yeah, KW. KW. Is that what it is? Yep. <laughs> it thick was bill. a little ultra thick bill. Yep. It yep. was a little shop. Uh, yep, a little shop. And they would, they would sew your cat eyes on the back yeah the back. oh those my, were wicked cool there. yeah my, my my cat eyes were sewn on with uh, dental floss because i was a winter ranger Boom. yeah yeah yep. that was that so what was um uh, went went finally got the ait and then i joined with a bunch of other dudes that were crossing over their mos's as well so then it became it was really easy we were teaching kids at the same time we were yeah. learning infantry shit so that's yeah. cool <clears throat> it was a lot of fun so then you went over and did RIP? Yeah, so I did RIP and uh, and Airborne, Airborne and RIP. And I was on a roll, Kelly. I was on a roll because I was the Airborne enlisted honor grad. Nice. I have proof. I have, I have a thing that says so. <laughs> and then I went to RIP, and I became the class leader and honor grad. Wow. Yeah, so I was... That's not nothing. I was moving on, right? I was like, yeah, this is me, baby. This is good. And I went, to, I went to Battalion, and I got smacked right in the pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. No, we, no, no, no. That means anything. And the funniest thing about that was, of course, you know, you're, you're, you're new kids. You're in the hallway. You're getting smoked. Everybody's getting smoked, right? You're doing starburst. You're counting the lights or whatever they make you do. Count the tiles when you're doing uh, flutter kicks. Yep. And we're getting smoked, and... Uh, my the kids that I came with, they're falling out, really. And I'm not. And guys, who who are you? Why and you you're older and he, come in this room. Get in here. And he, he drives me in the room. It's this E five. Uh Micah Kyle was his name. He's a great guy. Pulls me in the room and goes, What what the hell's wrong? What the hell's with you? What's your story? Yeah. You know? And then they were asking us, that's right, where they were asking us Ranger history questions when they were smoking us. And I love Ranger history, man. I'm like answering them all. I'm <laughs> I love this. He goes, How come you know all the answers? Uh because I paid attention. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm supposed to. Yeah. And then they found my uniform. My old. They found a photograph first. They found an old. Wait, your, your whole file is missing, but somehow they found a photo. Uh, well, yeah. So I had a photograph in my kit. So somebody's, you know, some E5, whatever, been rummaging through my stuff. And he pulls up a, 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 a dress blues with E6 rank on. Well, mm. I'm at a wedding with a friend of mine. And they. They take it and they put it on the, the hallway and put it in the hallway. And this is, uh, you know, this is, oh, this is Moyer right here. This is him. Yeah. So it was weird. If I may, I'll go on. It goes yeah, on. So, so all of a sudden they're going to make me a sergeant, right? And I, yeah. I haven't been to no. ranger school. Right. Not yet, right? Matter of fact, I was a horrible swimmer. So I went to, I failed the swim test because it was in the cold. <laughs> and I, I'm a horrible swimmer. I failed the 15-meter swim. I failed it. And uh, all of a sudden, though, you know, I've been in for so long, and my longevity, the, the, the board comes up, you know, it's coming up. But they're like, okay, they figured they would work this out. We're still going to get you to Ranger School ASAP, so we're just going to try to figure this out. And um, I ended up getting promoted yeah. before I get my tab. That's very unusual. That's extreme. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. So and that's I'll, cool. And nobody did. I don't think anybody did. I don't know if it's an anomaly. It's a very strange thing. And then, so what happened? And nobody wanted to shake my hand. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you weren't popular for that. That was very weird. Yeah, the whole thing was weird. Then we got Haiti. We went to Haiti. Uh, before you went to ranger school. Yeah. Did uh, uphold democracy in Haiti. Did all that. I prepared for ranger school while I was there. Now, were you at third bat? No, first. Okay. Yeah. So, and then going backwards, now now you have, you know, you, you wear your rank on your collar, yeah. the BDUs, and the sergeant's chevron is larger than a private or a specialist. It is, right? Yeah, it stands yeah. out like a big blob. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then when you go to ranger school, you cut those off. Yeah. But there's still a mark there. Sure there is. So I'm in mountains, and just to your point, Nobody's heard of this this guy who yeah. did this, right? Who got the EZ five without as an infantryman without going to ranger school? I'm in the mountains, and the ranger ranger instructor says, uh, "Oh, you're you're a common guy? No, Sean. Oh, you medic? No, Sean." His eyes get big. He goes, "Oh, you're the one." <laughs> oh, it's already yeah, been so your reputation followed yeah. you there. I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> Not the one that in, in a good way. Not the one in a good <laughs> way. The one that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fuck with you, bud. Make sure you earn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was a challenge. It was fun. So what uh, they do? They mess with you a little bit? No, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I really don't. You think probably so. probably just had to pull extra. Everybody was support positions. Yeah, everybody, everybody was pretty good. So this is early '90s. Yeah, matter of fact, my class. Uh, no, it's mid '90s, right? Because my class was a class that. We lost four rangers in the swamp. Oh, really? Three that or four. That was your class. Oh, was yep. that was that the one wow. where? Um, the ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, yeah, they drowned. Yeah, there's like a. Oh my god, I remember kind of like that. Flash I was there. Did you have? I was a, at Benning. Did you have an instructor by the name of Dykeman? I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. My platoon sergeant was one of the rip uh, the instructors there in uh, was it Florida Phase? Yeah. Yeah, it was Florida. Yeah. He was one of the instructors there. Um, when that happened, yeah. Oh, so that means he had to be at least he was, one of the. He was, I know he was there yeah. when it happened, yeah. And then he came up to two seven five. That was a, obviously that was a big deal. Yeah, huge. Yeah, um, it was ninety four. Yeah, we. So I had all my when we went down the Yellow River to get to get out. Uh, I used to go fishing there all the time as a kid. It was flooded. Obviously, the whole thing yeah. was flooded. Everything was flooded. So and it was cold as shit too. Mm -hmm. It was cold. It was flooded. We get off, and RRI, who was a first bat uh, senior non-commissioned officer, and I don't remember his name. I hate it. I can't because we had a conversation in the boat. Um, I don't. I just don't remember his name, and I hate that part. Uh, and if you ever, you know, when you talk about TBI or anything else, you know, when you segue, when you go to the shed to get something, yeah, and you go, "What was I doing here? <laughs> what did I come here for?" You know, keys, back pocket. That's a commercial. Yeah. So. <laughs> So we had this conversation, but every time we went to a, a portage point, or not a portage, but a, a drop-off point, he would yeah. put his all right stick in the water, and he's like, nah, it's too deep, it's too deep. So we went to three. We went to two, and yeah. he, he failed those two, and he went to the third, and we finally got out. The Apparently, the other eyes, our eyes, did, did not do that. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. Uh, it was bad. I remember putting, we were putting in a position. We did our patrol, and we were digging for overnight. Yep. And uh, the red uh, star cluster went up. And uh, then the RIs all walked over there somewhere and got together and they were talking and you're just digging. Yeah. I mean, you're being told what to do. And they came back and they said, you know, wrap it up, get your kit, we're leaving. And, you know, that's unusual. Yeah. You know, and then it's, hey, we're going over here to help these other cats. So that's what we did all night long. And you went out to. Uh, so you were, you were covering those casualties. Yeah. Yeah. We. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 So we had to get out there and help. Help yeah. everybody look for people, and because yeah. they were lost. Yeah. Now one dude would, I think he died in a rucksack flop. He just 
yeah. expired. Hypothermia, there. right? Yeah, uh, exhaustion, hypothermia. I'm hypothermia. I had a lot to play with, but they, but the biggest one of the things I learned about that too, and it was funny because we were walking towards wherever we were to help them out, and I was a patrol leader at the time. Or I don't, know if I, I don't know what position I had exactly, but one of the kids was like, "Where are we going?" I'm like, "Doesn't matter." Yeah. Dude, it doesn't matter. There are people up there that need our help. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. just shut your mouth and keep you know, one foot in front of the other. And then uh, uh, where was I going to lead to? I don't know. I lost track. But it was, you know, it was interesting. The whole, whole thing was very interesting. You went through the desert phase as well. Yeah, you? yeah, we did desert yeah. too. Before it was snowing in the desert. Was it? It was snowing in the mountains, snowing in the desert, and it was cold as shit in Florida. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good class. Cold. Wow. Yeah, that... I remember that going on though, and that of those events and stuff, because I didn't leave Benning until ninety five, ninety six time frame. And Don Fox had just gone through. I want to say he had just gone through Ranger School right before yeah. that. Um, who's another co-host that comes on the show occasionally? He uh, lives down there in Fort Benning now, but um, yeah, I remember that time frame very well. There are certain points that you kind of remember in history where you're at a certain thing, like you know. For instance, being down there when the guys came back from Somalia and seeing, you know, them all shot up and everything from Somalia and, and you know, getting out. Some of them were getting medically discharged and those types of things just stand out. Moments yeah. that kind of stand out in history. Sure. And, you know, wow. That was, that was a big, big deal. It never happened before. And then there's the question of, like, what are you guys doing down there? Are you being safe? Well, like there was this whole was major investigation that went on. What happened to the RIs? Did they ever get like? I'm sure they got booted. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't remember. They go to, but they, they end up like getting discharged. And I know I, he must have not been involved. But when he came back to our platoon, I mean, I, I knew that he was there during it. Um, but I don't know. Did he talked much about it or anything. No, no, yeah. not really. I mean, he it, very. Um, dispassionate about it. I mean, it happened. It was a matter of fact. And I want to say that's when they really knuckled down on counts um, anytime they departed during Ranger School. Okay. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Right. So that that was, I think, the only thing I got out of it from him um, besides the fact that he was there. Yeah. I know what I was going to say, too, about this. So the, the kid that complained, you know, how far are we going to go? You know, and I, my reply is, it doesn't matter how far you go. You just go until we get there. The uh, One of the kids that died in Rucksack Flop, that he, he was not far away from dry land. They just they just quit. Yeah. Whether that's whether that was the student leadership, whether it was the RI leadership, or just internal. Hey, do better. Get up. Yeah. Get up. This is a. I'm I'm giving a speech in Fort Bragg on the 17th, and I'm not really sure I know what I'm going to say. But you know, when you look at the survival manual, the mm-hmm. first thing in there, the the book does you no good unless you have the will to survive. You. Other than other, you know, that's your first and foremost yeah. thing. You gotta you gotta want to go, otherwise it's useless. Yep. So when I talk to these kids on the seventeenth, it's gonna be part of it. But he just didn't didn't want to go any farther, or nobody could cajole him, or nobody could yeah. you know motivate him to go farther. So did you end up being honor grad out of Ranger School? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell him you were at Rip? <clears throat> no. No. <laughs> nobody cares. No, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares what you did yesterday, anyway. Yep, that's what you do tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Today, tomorrow. So, how long did you end up staying uh, with the regiment? In battalion. So, I stayed in battalion from '92 or '93-ish to '99. Yep, it was six and a half, almost seven years. 
It's a good ride. It was good. It was really good. I want to, you know, when I got there too, I wanted to outlast all my peers. Yeah, that was one of my yeah. goals. I'm, I'm gonna beat him. I'm gonna beat him. But I last, I didn't. But a lot of them faded away. But yeah, I didn't outlast. You make them. six and seven there. Six there. Okay. And then seven in JSOC. Okay. Yeah. So what what made you want to then go to different direction? Um. Was it just you weren't being challenged enough? No, no. I don't. I think it was a great. It's a great life. I yeah. loved being there. I yeah. really did. I loved that kind of warfare. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know. Previously in my military career, the whole tank thing was it's cool and all, but it's just, it's not it's not Rangers. I need a Ranger. The history of the Rangers and the. Um, you know, the sua sponte, the, you know, motivated kids, most of them motivated, of course. But, yeah, it's where I, it's a great place to grow up. So I loved it there. But, you know, somebody said you got to go to this briefing. All NCOs got to go to this briefing. So I was like, well, I got to go, I got to go. So I went to the theater, went to a briefing, and I was the only dude in there. And Wait, if it was mandatory, why were you the only I don't know if it was... If, I don't know, for, for whatever reason. That's maybe what they, they told were just me. trying to see who was going to show up there because, of course, you know... Somebody told me, it's mandatory, you got to go. All right, I'm going to go. So I went. I'm like, why am I the only guy in here? Um, that's how I remember it anyway. And I watched the video of a special mission unit. And I was like, well, this is really, that's really cool. Why wouldn't you want to do that? And then it's really, as, as you're growing up as an NCO anyway, as, or, or as a man, how about this? this yeah. Let's go to a man. You want to test your metal. You want to see what you're made of. And to me, it, it was a normal professional progression to yeah. get to some someplace better, mm-hmm. uh, and then how many other guys that are there go? Oh, you you quit. Oh, you're yeah. a quitter, especially yep. the sergeant major. Yeah. Uh, you got it from the sergeant major. Oh yeah. Don't be. You're a quitter. We talked about that yeah. yesterday. I, hate I, that. I literally went when I went. They said, "You better make it. You come yeah. back, you're going to be replaced." F you. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I don't believe it happens today. I think it's poor. Maybe it's just poor leadership. It's not. Maybe it's not. That is the standard anymore. What's interesting, Um, though, is it was across all of regiment, all three battalions at that time frame, because it doesn't matter who we've had as a guest that in that time period, same statement. It's not encouraged. And it was about 50-50 when I was there. It just depended on your, you know, your first line supervisor and your platoon chain of command. Like some of them would be like, yeah, go. Some would be like. Screw but, you, dude. But the, part, the, the thing that bothers me about this is that the Abrams Charter is that you're supposed to leave. Yes. Right? Yeah. You're not yeah. supposed to stay there forever, but yet the mentality is if you leave, you're a dirtbag. Yeah. Well, there's a mixed message here. You've abandoned us. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, an inordinate premium that they put on loyalty in the Ranger Battalions. Like, like I got a bunch of shit for just going over to snipers. I'm going to be in the same company. I'm just leaving mortars. And they dicked me down hard. <laughs> I mean, like, there was a, a SEER school slot we had that wasn't going to be used, but it was because it was during leave. Nobody wanted you. to go. Not for you, buddy. And I was like, I'll skip leave and go to SEER. They're like, not unless you re-enlist to be a mortarman. I'm like, I didn't enlist to be a mortarman. I have no loyalty to this platoon. Like, I have loyalty to my boys. I've, I'm going to do my job, but I have no desire to spend And by the way, I'm still going to be here. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm still going to be Still here. wearing a beret. You know? Still like, doing the thing. Who do you think is going to look after your 60 teams when That's they're in funny. deployment and they're all alone? Like, the guy from their company that was yeah. from their platoon. Yeah. Oh, come it's on, just guys. a funny thing. It's a culture yeah. thing, and I, I I would assume it's less than that now because I, I know that I think so. even back then we weren't really working. You know, these two elements weren't really working hand in hand. 
I mean, later on when I, you know, graduated on to better things, you know, we, we, we know this is where the pipeline comes from. Guess what? People like him, you know, we need, yeah. we need guys like him. So let's, let's teach them more. Let's teach them better. Let's do better things and have a better relationship with them. So Brad, when Brad was on, um, he got into the conversation. We, we started kind of with this, but we also kind of migrated into a conversation about what makes, when is it that you can actually um, be accepted as a ranger? Yeah. You know what I mean? Never. Because well, when you, when you walk away with your plank, I don't know. <laughs> I, but it was an interesting conversation because there are those people who, you know, come back, especially when you go to best ranger, come back and they went to the school, but they never were part of battalion, you know, a regiment. And then you have people who are part of regiment who may have only spent a year and a half, two years in before they said, Hey, this isn't for me. Yeah. You know, you have all walks of life, individuals who stayed seven years, 15 years, but there is, they size you up differently, you yeah. know, or they may, although everybody says I was a ranger in all those categories. Yeah. And of course we had a whole four hour discussion one time with fellow co-hosts about who are from other service branches about what is a ranger anyway, you know, because outside of that, that family, you know, <laughs> You see a ranger tab. That means, oh, you must be a ranger. Nope. Because what do they do? They, nope. Yep. Ranger Bob nope. calls himself a ranger. <laughs> nope. You know? Yeah, I, I, it's a touchy subject for sure. Especially the ranger. And no, 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 touchy? No, no, within, outside of you and me, and outside of people that have been in battalion, there's nobody uh, in battalion that has any conflict with what a ranger is. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's the nature of battalion. I thought where you're going with that was people that come, maybe they didn't get their tab at battalion. To me, that's still a ranger. If, if somebody... And, we can disagree, to, agree to disagree, but I have friends <laughs> that saying, for oh, whatever no, reason. Wait, I, I don't want to, it, there's more to that though. That just, I have so friends. it's a leadership school that you've achieved the ranger tab. Okay, fine. Yeah, but if you came on board later, so you're an import yeah. or whatever, sure. but you still can be part of the ranger community now that you have a scroll and you're yeah. now you're living the ranger life, the ranger mission. So then yeah, you're a ranger. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. But I also know people that came as private, spent 11 months, go to ranger school, did the whole, played the game, did the jort cycle, everything, go to go to school, something happens, they come back from school, RFS, gone. To me, that, that person that I spent time with in Panama or wherever we were, who was doing everything I was doing, didn't pass ranger school for whatever reason, we know there's lots of reasons, that person's still a ranger to me. Um, whereas there might be people in the regular military that get their tab, that that's not the same as that guy who never got his tab but spent 11 months, Check. you know, nutting it out at battalion. Right. What, what about a guy that goes to battalion, though, and he never goes to ranger school, mm -hmm. gets out or is an E4 uh, or something, E3, E4, mm -hmm. because he decides this isn't for him. But he played the game for two years. Yeah, I think it's all about your service well, when was, you're there. Was a ranger. Yeah. yeah. Or didn't he, you know, like is like a Marine always a Marine? Even when he retires or gets out? Yeah. Right? yeah. So he served as a ranger. Okay, fine. But he's not a ranger anymore. So. Well, in this individual I'm referring to that I just uh, pointed out was, actually, he doesn't refer to himself as a ranger. He yeah. served in yeah. a unit that happened to be a ranger battalion. Yeah. But he still doesn't refer to himself ever as being a ranger. Oh. And I would consider him, if he served successfully in battalion, a ranger. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the way I look All at right, it. What's your measure of success then? So uh -huh. it's different, See? Different yeah. rabbit hole. That's yeah. what I mean. This is a very interesting uh, yeah. conversation because it's, it. why is it so controversial? 
Well, I think because it's not easy to earn a ranger tab. Correct. It's not easy at all. And the guys like school I don't, or tab. Tab. Right. Okay, but that's yeah. just going. It's to also school. it's and equally it's not easy to survive in battalion for any period Correct. of time. No, yeah. the attrition rate is extremely high. So when I meet people, you know, I'll meet veterans out there. It's especially officers and like I'm a ranger. I'm like oh, you aren't, but they have their tab. I don't need to begrudge them anything. You know, it's it's whatever. You know, like all right, you went you, to your leadership school. You worked really hard to earn that. And you tell people that you were a ranger to the layperson, they don't know the freaking difference. No. And it, you got they're not going to understand our explanation of it anyhow. So I'm like, all right, man, wh- whatever you're doing. That's the expert on television, right? We have with us today an expert. Yeah. He, former United States Army Ranger officer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you find out, right, he went to ranger school. Yeah. And he did. It's, yeah. it's a leadership school. He got his tab. It's on the back of his pickup truck. Yep. And... With his that, that, and, he's not, and he's not a ranger. No, that no. guy's, you're not a ranger. No, you're ranger. totally agree. You're ranger qualified. Yeah. That's ranger it. Qualified. We can call it that. Ranger qualified be, so-and-so. Good job, yeah. buddy. And you should be proud of that. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, well played. But, but does it define your whole career? Is, no. that the, is that the cap on your career? If you spent 15 years in or 20 years in and then you got a tab and now that's how you lead into everything? Sometimes that's, that is the case. It, it It is. That is the case that people use, but... Should it be? On their website that they've created of their new company, it's yeah. Ranger Bob. And yeah. when you, like you said, yeah. you go to start investigating, you go, wait, yeah. dude, dude was not a ranger. He went to ranger school. Yeah. But. And it depends on what he's doing, too, he or she. Yeah. <clears throat> on the said website. This guy's, there's, there's some dudes. This goes down the beret know. path. If you give, if you give the army a black beret and take it away from the rangers, are they now all rangers? Are they equally qualified? They're amazing. Right. We didn't finish the story last night, so Shinseki said, "There's a bunch of amazing rangers. We should give everybody black beret. That that'll do it. That'll make it. That'll make us a better army." No, it doesn't, you idiot. And so, to his point, right? So, and then what is it? Uh, we, we're Bosnia, and I wasn't there. This is a story, a secondhand story. But they're in a car doing a thing. Our guys, right? And a pregnant woman walks by with a black beret, and somebody goes. Ranger. <laughs> yeah, look at that Ranger. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> the clothes do not make the man. Different yeah. but equal. And that's what I would say is it's it's an amazing leadership school and it was, you know, started for a specific reason. Um, but I think actually living in battalion and then you can then you can break it down even further to if you were in battalion, how good of a ranger were you, all of that. To me, uh, doing a cycle and spending time there and being successful and going through the BS you do as a private before you get the opportunity to even try and get your tab. The tab is just the opportunity to stay in battalion. That's yeah. all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To write a passage in. No, not a It's a leader. It's, no, no, it's no, a right it's to become. Leadership. A, le- oh, a leader. Okay. Yeah, you have in to go battalion. to this leadership school and be successful in it. Otherwise, you cannot continue to be Correct. a leader in Ranger Battalion. Correct. You have to go somewhere else. Yeah. That's yeah. all. But, but it doesn't take away from the time you spent before you went to become a leader. Right? So... I, so is he a ranger? Yeah, okay. in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I think if you serve without your time, I know guys that you can. You, I'm sure any battalion's got their stories, but you know, I had a really good friend that was in weapon squad with me when we were young, and you know, he got a DUI, got kicked out. He was honest, uh, amazing dude. Bad luck, got kicked out. Our Chris Van Sant. I'm not going to take it. Yeah, I'm not going to take that away from a guy. Yeah, and that's that would be so hypocritical. I, you know, I never got a DUI. Doesn't mean I never drove drunk, right? Uh, 
those are the things that you know we we really glaze over. And so I think, yeah, he's a ranger. It's 100%. funny you'd mentioned the beret thing. So I remember a time frame, especially when I got the eleventh ACR. It was like nineteen eighty two. So over in Fulda, Germany, and I go to one of my first NCOPDs, you know, non-commissioned officers, professional development. And it was at the theater, all NCOs. You got to go to the theater at this time frame. So we go into the theater and um, we're sitting there and we're waiting for the thing to kick off. And, and all of a sudden the lights go like almost black. I'm like, What the heck is going on? The power going out or something? All of a sudden Rocky music starts playing. The old man comes running down, you know, the, the aisle and stuff and goes to the front of the stage and everything. And he's screaming, and we can't hardly hear what the hell he's screaming. All of a sudden, the music cuts off, and he's talking about, you know, the Epton Army taking away his black beret. And, you know, it's got this this damn beret here. I, I fought in Vietnam. It's got commie blood on it. You know, how dare the Army take these damn things? We're going to get them back, man. And everybody, Hurr! and the whole thing, right? So for the whole time I was there, all they kept talking about is the Army is going to give the Cav back their black beret. Who got them? Army Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't know why we're fighting so hard over a floppy French hat that right. doesn't shade your eyes from the sun. It doesn't keep your head warm and it's cold. It's a terrible headgear. It is awful. It looks cool. So sometimes I'm, I'm, I actually think the tan looks way better. I love the tan. It does. I agree. Actually, I agree. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. similar to the new uniform, right? I mean, I just it harkens to something when I look at it. I'm like, that looks good. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in uh, 19th up there, and the, you talk about this beret story that we've gone down. That was the time when. The Green Berets were now giving support people the Green Beret. Oh, I remember that. Because it was a uniform yeah. question. But, but there were some yeah. women. There was a lot. Yeah, men. and, they, and the, the dudes who'd been to Vietnam. I'm, I'm, dude, my, my drill instructors were Vietnam. Yeah, same here. You know? All of them. Um, and now these guys, yeah. they were like Romistan and Lowe. I remember both of those guys' names. And uh, they were like, and Sinclair. Sinclair was uh, on the Sante Raid. They were, oh, and shit. he's like, we don't wear our berets no more because everybody else gets one. It doesn't mean yeah. nothing anymore. You know? They, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So they would walk around yeah. Dawson with no headgear on at all. This was their protest. That's awesome. Yeah. We don't need that stupid awesome. thing anyway. He goes, it's a, it's a horrible piece of headgear anyway. It's <laughs> dumb. So. Well, I mean, didn't yeah. SF also wear the beret? I mean, in combat? I mean, there's a lot of times I've seen photos where... I don't think they're photo ops. These dudes are actually just wearing the beret, you know? I mean, yeah. it it was no steel pot, anything. Just like, well, shit, if I'm going to get hit in the head, I'm, know. you know? Can't say. I don't know why you'd wear a beret in the jungle. No. It's green. It seems terrible. It is green. Boonie hat. It's, man, it's yeah. made of wool. Yeah. Ball cap, boonie hat. I think Marine Commandos in the UK still do that. Like, they really? don't wear helmets and stuff. At least a lot of the training. Um, yeah, I don't see them. I, I get it. You know. make a lot of those decisions when you're there, and it seems like it makes sense. When it looks you're there. cool in yeah. photo, man. Yeah, yeah there's a certain uh, amount of bucket. Yeah. Too. The photo with yeah, you know, black smeared tar on your diagonally across your face. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no. Yep. no. I mean, just like uh, Apocalypse Now, how cool was that scene when the pan goes over and you see the fifth SF group beret on the lieutenant or the captain, yeah. whatever he was, you know, as the boat's leaving. Yeah. Sent chills down the spot. Looks cool. Chills. <laughs> <laughs> chills. Who knew we could spend That's ten minutes chills. talking about a piece of headgear? 
Um, so you go to this video and you're you're listening to the special mission unit pitch yeah. and everything. So when you walked out of there, you said you got a, a, a really hard time. Um, no, I mean my company commander, company first sergeant, and all support. Yeah. Uh, okay. Chris Vanek was my. Think he was, he, or he just left Bico. I was in Bico 175. I think he left the, uh, the commander's chair and he went to S4 or something for a time. But um, yeah, it was the, everybody thought that this was, they, they were great. Everybody, my platoon was great. My company was good. But it was the, you know, Sergeant Major was like, hey, you know, probably really got it. Not a good idea to come back. Just go away. But, so I failed. Did you? Yeah. So of course they hired somebody <laughs> to replace me because they thought that would I would pass. But <laughs> so where did you go when you fell? I came back. I became a like a weapons platoon somebody or other. I was, but I not did. a battalion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you still. Yeah, oh, yeah. so they yeah. did let you come oh, back, yeah. but not yeah. not back. Into I went. I went right back right away. There was a springtime. I failed, and I went back in the fall. What was the reason for the recycle? Injury? No, no. It's you don't know the reason. Oh, time. Yeah, yeah time. if you don't if you don't VW, you don't know the reason. It's yeah. time. Somewhere yeah. in there's time. But you know, the keepers are the keys. Nobody knows what the times. There's people that know. I don't know who they are. But they either allow you to come back or they just say don't. Yeah, your exit yeah. interview, uh Scott Miller was uh my exit interview. And he said, "Yeah, yeah. You're good. Come on back." You picked a hell of a time to go to the second one. Yeah. When was good, that? Good time. I just mean, I mean, I, I, so I did best ranger with everybody that he went to, he went to the course with. Oh, dude. My class. <laughs> His class was. 22. Like studs. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Beyond. Like 22, 22 graduates, you know, from A to Z, right? The, the end product, I think we had 22, 20, 22. Uh, 20% were best ranger competitors, but even like four or five of them were best ranger winners. Yeah. Like, Holy smokes. Stop. Yeah. 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 You think yeah. you think I think I had it going on? No. I'm like, oh like, <laughs> I'm humbled every time. <laughs> I'm watching uh I'm, I'm watching him jump up the the dirty name and yeah. he's never never touching anything. He's just leaping. I'm like I can't I can't do that. Those guys aren't human. The guys that do well best ranger, not human. It's amazing, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was I've always that all those guys have per, perennial winner. Not I mean that's that Definition is actually incorrect, but he numerous winner, uh, yeah. multiple winner, whatever you want to call him. He's won more than once. I so. mean, there are a number of reasons why I never went to a selection, but one of the reasons is because I thought you were beyond human. Not everybody that goes to selection, but people that, yeah, I, I, I talked about it off, off camera yesterday. When I arrived, I talked about last night, when I arrived at OTC, <laughs> I walked in the door and I saw my instruct, one of my instructors, Pat. And I was like, all right, there it is. Uh, I am, I don't know that I can ever be that. That is what I physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what I'm talking about. The definition of what I had in my head. And, you know, I did not fit that description. 160 pounds soaking wet, you know, and there's, there's some amazing people. There's, there are, there's a lot of dudes like that though. Yeah, there is. And I didn't know that. I didn't know know that. And that's, but that is the misconception, right? The misconception is, especially I'm talking, I'm talking in the early days too. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. 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 Where, where, you know, 
after the the whole fiasco of the helicopters crashing and everything else, there was a bit of a, a negative, you know, connotation or whatever, you know, but then they started realizing, no, it wasn't necessarily them. It was just bad planning, yeah. you know, and on the part of not communicating to the other services of what we're trying to do here. So they didn't understand it. Got it. You know, after that though, it was still painted that, Hey, no matter what, these dudes are, they're gods. So, and that's, we talked a little bit about this. The things that were done early just in dudes. any military. Just dudes. Yeah, they are. But yeah. I, I, I remember Asante Raider. Um, we do these leadership portions. You remember that when they uh, Asante's came and talked to us? No. Nope. Okay. So they came and um, they came and we had a nice, nice meeting with them and they explained the mission and everything to us. And I remember one of the guys, we took him down, show him some kit later. And I remember one of the guys going, it's amazing what you guys do. And I'm like, I do it with this. It's amazing yeah. that you maybe had a starlight scope and you flew in into Vietnam and did things that nobody had ever done, uh, you know, and I think World War II, World War I. And same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ranger Rendezvous, just, you're hanging yeah. out with uh, the guys from the 53rd, 07th composite group, you yeah. know, yeah. working in the China Burma Theater. Yeah. And they're like, you guys are amazing. And we're like, yeah, no. I'm humbled to be in your presence yeah. that you survived fighting the Japanese every day for, you know, two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. No, it's, it's us, but it's a funny thing, but right? and this, it's a funny thing. Well, the the thing that actually kicked off, I um, well maybe not the thing that kicked off, but I mean you think of um, Maxock, yep. and all. You know, I mean you talk about those guys and yeah. what they were doing, and many of them never even went through. There was no Q course. There there was no SFAS. There was a. You know, hey, we're going to assign you to this unit. This is going to be a mission. Um, we just want to let you know. We'll find out. Are are you good with that? Because you're going to sign this piece of paper here, and you know, basically say uh, whatever we tell you to do. We didn't tell you to do that. And that's what happens when you have unconstrained planning and and ability to do whatever you need to do to accomplish a mission. And I think that that is the cornerstone or keystone of everything: the yeah. ability to think unconstrained and make it happen. And that's where I think it really started. Yeah, yeah, it's. it's uh, yeah, I think I think Mr. Beckwith would probably say that. So MACBSOG, I had it wrong. I'm go, sorry, did the acronyms wrong? MACBSOG, yeah, yeah. Studies and observations group. So when you go back to what you said about the crash about Desert One mm. uh, planning, but what a great moment, really, in time where JSOC gets developed because of this. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. It's almost like, and you think before that, like MACVSOG, you know, probably even laid some foundation as well. And and sure. you know, you're a big history guy. I'm sure you could probably even point back to, like you said, World War II, and yeah. you know, stuff the French Revolution was doing. You know, in in support well, of go back to Ranger history, Darby, yeah. King Philip's War. Go back further. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's Rogers Rangers. It's yeah. you, know, you go on and on. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. All that foundation, and then they start realizing, okay, well, there are capabilities that we have within the military that we should take advantage of. And I think the beauty of, you know, JSOC is that the, um, the unification of branches, of MOSs, and the blend, and just finding the best people that can perform the mission. Whereas if you're in, you know, you're, there's very uh, much a siloed mentality, maybe if you're in a specific unit. You're in a battalion. It's a very siloed perspective. Whereas I think JSOC opened up. And it up serves there. that unit or the Army yeah. for it to it, be that it does, way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It has to be that way. Yeah. yeah. For their mission set, maybe. Yeah. yeah Is yeah, that what you're saying? To, yeah. If you think about like a, a bigger unit like 82nd or First ID, like the, the amount of manpower and firepower you have to bring to bear, like you have to be extremely focused 
to get that many people and that many resources to do one thing. And it just, it makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't know. But if you have to be flexible, then, you know, those constraints don't help. I don't know. I mean, it's the difference between conventional and unconventional warfare. It's guerrillas versus a conventional army. When you went That's through the difference, right? Yeah. I don't know. When you went through selection, though, you said you kind of came full circle. Did it help you? Cheat, you know, a little bit. Oh, you know, I know where I'm at. And, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. No. <laughs> no. There was just one, one event. I'm like, oh. Well, when I, when I got there, so, all right, I'll go backwards. So I'm in 19th group, and I'm hanging out with uh, Sinclair, who was an older gentleman. He's the one, Sante. And he said, uh, you want to go shoot at the range? I said, yeah, I do. I'd love to. And he said, you have your personal weapon? I said, I do. And he said, you have uh, ammunition? I said, not enough. He said, I have, you, have hard, you have hard currency? Come, I got ammo. Come on. Come. So we go down there. We start driving down the road, the range road, uh, on the airfield. And he says, you see uh, those buildings over there? I said, I do. He said, what's your clearance? I said, I don't have one. He goes, all right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I, when, I, when I was told I had to fly here, and I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That, that, that's really cool. That's, uh, that's kind of cool, yeah. So, hmm. yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah, and only a, a couple pieces of roads or trails or maybe that I've seen before, but absolutely not. Nothing, nothing else. Yeah, so. Of the 22 guys that you ended up serving with, how many of those ended up stink, sticking with you is that in that pocket? Uh, two guys got fired right away. What? Uh, wow. Yeah, one, uh, one just because he couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. You know, and. Even it, after going through. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. One guy got overwhelmed by events. Uh, he was a safety issue. He got removed and had to go somewhere else. Uh, another guy got fired right away. So, and that, that it's, uh, they'll, they'll tell you if, if they're smart, right? And, the, and most of them are. You're standing there feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah, you're ready to go across the hallway. And uh, Sergeant Major comes down and says, 20% of you will self-select, right? You'll, you'll fail. You'll, you, some of you will be overwhelmed. Some of you will uh, have a drinking problem. Some of you will have this or you know, whatever. Some, somebody's going to have an AD, whatever. It went on and on. And right away, it was happening. And I'm like, wow. That's uh, pretty insightful. They they know their business. They, they've done this. They've seen this movie before, right? What biblically, nothing new under the sun. Yeah, right? this, it happened before. It's gonna happen again. I'm here to tell you that you know whatever the percentages was, but he just threw out all the percentages one after another, bump, 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 and sure right away, guy's not a good fit. The guy fails. We talked about. Did you and I talk about this the other day about this the, a guy who's not a good fit? So if you go back to and you think about, you said the best people earlier. Mm -hmm. It's the right people. Mm. It's not the best people. It's the right people. And and who who determines? That's a great question. Is it I, is I, it a scientific algorithm no, type of thing? Because no. they've seen that, like you said, no, it's no. no, it's you, it's you, it's the situation, it's the, how many variables. It has to grow. You can't possibly know until you do. Here's an example. Guy goes through school. Uh, he's, a, he's a medic at the time. Um, guy goes through school, comes across the hallway, makes it, right? Team room. Walks in. You know, and what, 
Uh, what what this this conversation uh, was developed out of uh, out of my love of hockey, and now we can segue into that in a minute if you want to. But um, hockey's rough. Hockey's a tough sport. The NHL is asking men not to say the f word because people in the first couple rows in a hockey rink can hear it. <laughs> I'm like, that's, fucking, that. that's fucking stupid. Last year they they were doing that. Really? They were asking. Yeah. So. I almost I tried to get on NHL. Uh, I was on I was listening to him talk on Sirius Radio, and I, I was trying to call in because like this is ridiculous because I know what it's like to be part of a group of wolves or sharks into a small yeah. team room. You yeah. this is what you do. You're men. Fuck's sake. So, um, this guy comes into the team room and says, "Hey, I'm glad to be here. Oh, and by the way, do you do you show up? Do you show up in in wherever you are? If you're not in charge, do you show up and start talking?" No, I'm usually the silent guy. Well, you need to gain knowledge. Yeah, be a sponge. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Well, ride it out, right? New. Especially, especially if you're if you're Fox Six. Yeah, right. He, he comes in and says, "Hey, I'm you know, glad to be here, and you know we can talk about anything. Just don't make fun of my wife." What do you think happened? Oh man, <laughs> what do you think happened? I just painted a target on my face, <laughs> and someone shot him in the face with. That's not what your wife said last night when I was doing her in the butt. And so he didn't last. He wasn't the right person. He couldn't last at all. He couldn't last in that environment. Sure, did he do good things to get there? Yeah. Immediately he was gone. I mean, it wasn't immediate. Yeah. It was fast. So you, there's more to it than just carrying heavy weight <laughs> over undulating terrain for a specific, specific amount of time. There's just more to it. Than, there's so much more to it, right? And it's a... Well, what's the what's the greatest mantra I think that ever came out of that building? As far as I'm concerned, is selection is an ongoing process. I, I hear that a lot yeah. from you guys too, because that should be with anything. But it almost, it, but does it also, in some ways, is it detrimental? In the sense, does it no. create a a you know, you're so hard on yourself that even after maybe you're so damn hard on yourself. I don't. You know, I don't okay. think it's detrimental. No, okay. I think it's enhancing. I I understand where you're, where you're going with that, and I think it serves a purpose for what it's doing. And I don't, you know, can it be detrimental to somebody after they're done? Absolutely. But it's it serves a, a very specific purpose while you're there, and that's you know we talked about it uh, earlier. You know, that's that's why it's there. It's it's there because that's the needs of the army. That's the needs of the unit. That's the needs of whatever. You know, it serves a purpose there. Whether it's not the unit's responsibility for what happens afterwards, and I hate, I hate, it's kind of painting with a broad brush. But I'm there for this. When I get out, it's not their responsibility anymore to figure out if no. selection. You know, that no. I need to be that way when I'm there. Then we so talked about this last night a little bit if too. If it's if it's detrimental, afterwards it might be, but I wouldn't want it to change because it needs that for when people are there. Hundred mm percent. -hmm. We talked about it a little bit about this yesterday too, right? Maybe, I don't remember. So jumping, you know, light years into leaving the service. Yes, that's what I was talking about. Like failure is not an option. Can be can impact everything you do at that point. Yeah, and so when you struggle in something like you know relationships, whether it be with um, the opposite sex or friends or whatever, because it just starts getting challenging you know your teammates your former teammates and everything that's what i'm talking about 
I know I'm getting kind of deep, and it sounds kind no, of no. But, but I think that's that's on that the onus is on the group <clears throat> that gets through that and is on the other side. That's where the community, the tribe, the yeah. the people that are on the outside. That's where they work that out, and that happens. That can happen through transition. Maybe you help people through transition, but but I wouldn't ever want to say that this is detrimental later. Therefore, we need to change it when when they need it because that would hamstring the purpose of it while you're there in that building, and and that that building needs that. Or it's it's a machine, it really is. It doesn't well, care what happens to you afterwards, and it shouldn't. Well, it does, I, I think the whole thing's a machine. We talk, we did talk about this yeah. last night. You don't join, <clears throat> you know, join the army, expecting to to take a break. No, no. The, the, I asked that young aviator yesterday. Um, I said, "What what's the primary job of the United States military?" And he he answered it pretty well, right? Defend the United States. People, right? It's, it's the nation, and to me, task force partners across the globe and in our interests, right? But it's to kill people and smash things. That's it. It's war. That's it. To kill people and smash things, and you stay in a box until it's time to pop out of that box and kill people and smash things. And I joined because I knew somewhere down the line I'm going to have the opportunity. To, well, I would think that you're going to have the opportunity. That's. I don't. I didn't join for the retirement. I didn't join for college edu- or education. education. I didn't join for the fr- right. the free, bonus. free bread in the circus. Mm. I didn't join for that Roman gladiator uh, <laughs> coliseum talk. I don't. I didn't join for the free bread in the circus. So it's to me, it doesn't matter <clears throat> what the machine. I will, there's a great. There's a great movie reference. I will grind whatever grist the mill requires for the service. Oh, that's heavy. Where did that come from? Uh, Master and Commander. Uh, I w- that's that's how I feel, and because because yeah. when, when we get down to the whole PTSD thing, which is PTS or it's the new functioning reality, which my friend Kelly and I talk about a lot, which I think is really important. I I think most of it's crap. I do. I I think that people, everybody has PTS to some degree. Car crash. Somebody yeah. yelled at me. Yeah. Somebody stole my homework. Dog bit me. Name it. I failed at baseball when I was a kid. My dad slapped me too many times. Whatever crybaby stuff. No. Put your boots on. Buck up your pants and go. This, I, I'm, I'm so, I, I get, you know, when you go to ACAP briefing. You've been to ACAP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been to ACAP. Oh, yeah, now it's called Transition Assistance Program, so it's called TAP. <laughs> Fine. Right, right. Oh, TAP out. Something like that. that makes it worse. <laughs> TAP out. <laughs> so ACAP. You're, I'm in that briefing, and the one of the lawyers says, "Don't don't go full range of motion when they ask you to go. How far can you move? Make sure you tell them you have headaches. Make, get all the money you deserve." An attorney is saying that. Well, I don't know if it's. I it was a briefer. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I know there was a there was a VA lawyer came in there, but that they wow. they're telling people, "Come on, you haven't seen this." I'm. I'm no, I, I, I'm not seeing this. I was cap. disgusted. I was disgusted. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, the, and how many people were in that room, by the way? I was the only guy in that room with over 20 years. Yeah. Everybody else was yeah. four, six, eight, five, three, whatever. There's definitely an encouragement to game the system. I, I went through the MEB process with a regular army, and you got Snuffy from basic training, twisted his ankle. He's going to get paid for the rest of his life. You got some, you know, a female soldier that got yelled at too much. She's going to get paid for the rest of her life for PTSD. 
Stop and, it. And, and then you got the guys that are like, you know, missing stuff and they're mm-hmm. in wheelchairs and they're, you yeah, know, stuff like that. And Legit. They're, and they're fighting for their claim. And I'm like, this is just leaves a really bad taste in your mouth. Joel told me, he said, when you go to this thing, you're going to sit next to a guy. You're going to think he's, he's a super stud from Korea. You're going to find out he's not. And he's still here getting stuff for free all the time. And it's, it's going to burn you out. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's, if you look at small, small villages, constabularies, counties, whatever, that continue to pay their law enforcement officers and first responders this this pension, they're going to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. We're already thirty trillion dollars in debt. We can't. There's no way they can sustain that. Yeah, I've considered that. That's it's, especially now if like PTSD is claimable. Yeah, and it's 100%. such a large percentage. Right. And you can't, you don't have the, the metrics to gauge like the severity or nothing. The veracity. How, how do you, how do you, how do you actually medically diagnose it? I, through like a PCL5 checklist and, a, and an analysis with a mental health professional. And then, you know, but you, there's it, no way to. And from a psychological that. perspective, I mean, it's one of the least accurate ways. Psychologists don't like to use self-diagnosis, right? Self-diagnosis right. reports and um, research articles based on self-diagnosis. You know, I'm reporting your own self-reporting. That's that's uh, it's not looked badly upon, but it's not the best way to gather data. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah. because of PTS the way it is, a lot of it is self-reported. Mm-hmm. self-reported information that well, and one who goes through the system then tells the next person and it goes on and that's where yeah. we are where we are today in some cases yeah. where it's overused like you're talking about I, i've been told crutch. I, I was told that i can't remember which doctor it was somebody in the va and they're like you've been overseas six times you have ptsd didn't know who i was what i'd done didn't even know the difference between a regular army ranger sf you know like there it was ridiculous like i'm like so you think just because i Deployed. Don't know where I deployed to. You because I deployed. Matter of course, I have PTSD. Well, what if I deployed to Manass and I just fucking sat around drinking beers and you know talking to Eastern European women? And we touched yeah. on it briefly yesterday. This that, is can where I go on that deployment? Yes. <laughs> Come be my wingman. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it yesterday in the sense of the uh, you know getting on the competition or the um, the circuit, right? Yeah. Like a rodeo circuit. Yeah, the right? professional, bro, professional, bro, uh, bro, professional pro, vet. Professional vet. I've become yeah. a professional vet. This has become yeah. my identity. Look, I and he and I have gone round and round on this um, in conversation. I, I do believe in PTS. I do believe it exists. I sure, sure. reach a stress level and it happens. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, where's that fine line? I don't, I don't know it. Yeah. The way that it's currently defined. And I think that's why us talking about it and people talking about it is so important because there's a delineate, there's a clear delineation, how, how you ferret that out and apply that the process i don't i don't know that answer so there's the veteran suicide aspect of it right no. there's the post-traumatic stress and of course um i think a, there's a lot of nonprofits that are supporting veteran suicide and yep. attacking post-traumatic stress but i i think you know what i love is when i see a mission statement not necessarily love that's not the right statement when i'm What's so interesting is when I see a mission statement from a, a nonprofit that says we're here to stamp out veteran suicide it's a bold, big statement. Yeah. We're here to stop post-traumatic stress, you know, bold, big statement. It's it's almost vapor because how do you define that? Uh, that's my point. I mean, I, yeah. I get it, but it's so big. How do you define that? What what are you really trying to do? Veteran suicide. Do we, do we 
What's the number? Twenty-two. Is that what they say? 20, well, they, twenty to twenty-two depends yeah. on what you. Do we really believe that? And I'm, I'm, I'm a serious. This is a serious question I'm asking. And I, I know I I'll get I MF do. for this. I, I already, I already get an MF because I talked about the, the lack of PTS or the PTS is a crutch. But do you really believe it's twenty-two today? Yeah, I mean that's what the numbers say. That's eight I mean, thousand a year. Thing. Yeah, eight thousand. Okay, so we no, we do, do, do well, times five. Are we talking about well, well, the VA just forty thousand people? And yeah. Do you really think that's true? The VA just did this. They said sixty-four thousand from like two thousand and it was a ten-year span up to t- two thousand seventeen. Yeah, so I do. Well, the reason why I ask. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> I believe it, but I don't know that it's I, all defined by this one thing. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it could be the the COVID numbers were to me are false. That's that that's there's no way that they're all real. Because flu went away somehow. Kind of with you. Yeah. And then, and then, so this goes all the way back to the rainforest being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Acres upon acres every day. Yeah. These, Lots of diseases that are within there that have been stirred around. But if you did the, if you did the math back then, yeah. when they said, when the group, certain groups, now I'm. <clears throat> oh, you're talking about the air. God forgive me, right? Yeah. When I say the 22 group or whatever group that does this veteran suicide thing. But it was the numbers or or. I don't want to say concocted. That's not. That's. I, I'm telling you, I'm going to mf. I don't care. Well, go but ahead. The, the numbers are the numbers. Okay, fine. But if you're a group, you're concerned about your advocacy. You're you want them to be higher, sort of, or you want them to be sure. known. So the the rainforest numbers were never true because in a couple of years the rainforest would have all been gone. And guess what? It's still there. So I just I just don't know. So I'm, I'm I don't a, know if I believe the numbers. I'm a data guy. Um, in the sense of, from a business perspective, you know, you look at data. I will tell you, I can take any report, and I'll first ask you, what are you, what are you trying to convey? And the data will support it. You Whatever can, you can make is. it support it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to manipulate the data. No. It's whether I use the which I put on the horizontal versus vertical line, yeah. okay. and what data points I capture at what data points in time to be able to build the case. And it's all factual. So your your points are valid. So those who are listening yeah. think, oh, you know, this is all hokey and all screwed up, and these guys are saying it's not true. No, what we're saying is, I'll give you an example. 16 to 18-year-old deaths of, uh, of vehicular deaths and stuff have risen over the last five years twofold. We need to implement driver's license at 18 years of age after mandatory two years of whatever and blah, blah, blah. So now let me look at that data. The population of 16 to 18 in the same time frame has grown 2x. The data is flat when I normalize it, but nobody did that. Check. Yeah. So the, the 22 a day statistic is interesting, and I think... It's been adjusted to 20 a day. It just depends on who you talk to. What you have to look at to get the true number is the rate of occurrence within the veteran population. And that, it doesn't get told because the rate of occurrence is like a quarter of a percent or half a percent higher than that population that did not serve. Especially like the bulk of the pop, the bulk of the military veteran population is white males, blue collar background, you know, one or no parents had went to college. If you look at that population outside of veterans, that's the highest suicide demographic in the United States anyhow. And then you take the average age and once you're up above 55 years old, 
those, you know, blue collar white males have the highest rate of suicide across well, the board, across yes. the board, regardless of their service. So right. it is misleading to say, hey, 22 veterans a day are killing themselves because honestly, and I'm not afraid to say this, a lot of those guys are going to kill themselves anyway. Bottom line. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I, I, and that's why it's so tricky when you're like, we got to get it down to zero. Well, I, that's a good message. It's a great, it's it's a great, yeah, great optics, but it's never, ever going to be a reality that you never have a veteran suicide yeah. unless we recruit from a different pool of people that has the lowest suicide rates in the world. And then we only work on resilience. Well, there, afterwards there is a study stuff. and we've brought this up uh, over and over in the podcast. Like that. That there is, I appreciate that. There's actually analytics or a, a, a guy who's came out and said, I have a test that, that, not only for military, but it could even be for you know TSA or whomever. You can you can use this this tool um, for different you know functions and stuff depending. But for the veterans, or for military, I should say, it could be given at recruiting offices or at the MEPS to be able to determine whether or not you're already predisposed from either your socioeconomic you know background or something for a higher occurrence of post-traumatic stress during your service if certain events were to happen. Which, and it's sort of like taking your DNA and saying, your DNA has already predisposed you for X type of cancer. Doesn't mean you're going to get it. Yeah, but maybe don't smoke and dip. Or, or maybe you don't grow up in this area where the there's a higher cap, uh, probability of it as well. Is this well, a good idea? Is, is this a good idea? Is what a good idea? Trying to predict... With people or already putting people it's in scary. a box, already it's, putting yeah. someone in a box and saying, "What do you yeah. miss?" This is what's like, the intangible like, that you miss like because you, yeah, yeah. Right, we know you're going to very much minority report. Yeah, so we're going to go yeah. ahead and lock you in jail right now. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, no, you yeah. can't serve here well, think, because your predisposition to what, what, what could that person bring? Yeah, yeah, to bear that uh, could hope, make a change. Happens. I hope that doesn't happen. Well, yeah, you think about how many people that had like a checkered past before the military, and then they be end up being amazing. And yes. part of the hardships and tribulations they went through is what makes them good at what they had to do. Yes. So you do miss that, but I think what it's useful for is if you can, let's say you got a guy he was raised in the foster care system, he has no familial support because his both his parents are in jail or dead. Uh, no siblings, no aunts, no uncles. It's just him. And he went through this hard time. And maybe there's some other traumas that he went through, whether it's, you know, abuse, neglect, whatever. And he joins the military. He may do amazing things, but you've identified that that person may need more support on the other side. And you may be able to guide that young person to those tools and teach him how to use them and show him the value of that. And then he doesn't end up getting out and realizing, oh shit, I'm all alone, Lone Ranger by myself. And then he kills himself because he has nobody to turn to because he's isolated or he's not talking to his buddies and stuff like that. So I think, I, I mean, it, I think it could be useful, but I agree with you, Dutch. I don't think it's when you bar people from entry into service that don't have clearly defined, you know, psychological um, issues that would prevent you from service anyway, then it's, I don't think that serves us well. Yeah, it'll be a bummer if that ever happens. Yeah. We, we Is it happening now? you no. Are you saying it's happening? No, uh, it's yeah. just a, no. It's just what a I was talking about. It's just a tool. That's yeah, happening. actually, there is a tool that there's that they're trying to sell the military to adapt to see if an individual could potentially. Yeah, I am not a fan of of tools being tested on our military. We talked about this earlier. It's a war machine. Uh, tested in society. Don't uh, 
the war machine has a purpose for millions yeah. of years. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, you want to open up that box? How many social experiments are going on right now in in, in the United States military? And the only thing it's supposed to do is defend the people of the United States, its partners, its interests across the globe. I agree. Stop it. So this whole women in, women in uh, infantry, women yeah. in combat arms. Uh, so it was years ago. I was I was with Bob Owen, uh, and we're in Colorado because we're we're there to to uh, honor the anniversary of Aaron Grider's death. And he says, "Okay," he goes, "Oh, you're Dutch. You, you're you're fired up about this. How come? How come you don't disagree with women in in combat rules?" And I said, "I don't necessarily." not agree with women in combat roles, but I'll tell you why I have an issue with social experiments in the Army. I said, as a private company, the New England Patriots are probably one of the greatest football teams of all time in the last 10 years. They certainly are. Sure. Right? We can all agree. Do they, do they pick women for their team? How come? How come they don't? Because they pick the best people to get the job done in the in National Football League. So why don't we get the best people to get the job done, never lower the standards, because we're fighting for the people of America, right? This is the only thing we have to do. It's amazing to me. Stop with the social experiments. Stop with the transgender stuff. Stop with, the, stop with all this crap. Be a soldier, a sailor, a Marine, or an airman, or a Coast Guardsman, and that's it. I'll, I'll go backwards then if you're going to go down that path. 18 X-ray. I think it's a bad idea. Okay. I hated the X-ray program. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to tell me that 18 X-ray, because they did, right? They had to reach the, the volume and, and get the numbers up. So in order to do that, they created the 18 X-ray program where people can uh, come off the streets. We remember a time frame where you had to be at least an E4 with two years of service before you could go yes, off SFS. Yeah. I still think it should be that way. Yes, sir. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you 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 go through a hard time. You go through... Seesaw was the seesaw. What's the, what's the what's the pre-course called? Sot C. Yes, Sot C or something. Oh, like, oh, something like that. Geez, there's I don't a, know. That's the 18x pre-course, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. 18x pre-course, yeah. and then you sit in a pool, and okay. then you go to you go to McCall. Yeah. For SFAS, mm-hmm. and then you go to Q. Um. Yeah. So you've you've done nothing in the United States Army, and and then all of a sudden when you're finished, you you're you're supposed to be on the cutting edge of special yeah. operations. Yeah. Stop that. That's the Navy Special Warfare. That's the problem with Navy SEALs, honestly. I, I, look, I'm getting MF right now. Oh, oh, he hates Navy SEALs. No, he doesn't. Yeah. I, I love Navy SEALs. I lost some good dudes. Uh, Tommy Valentine was a fantastic guy. Uh, Kyle DeFour will tell you. He and I sat, uh, sat and talked about it, talked about uh, Tommy. But the, the way that you – it's just the pipeline. It's yeah. a pipeline. Go through Buds. Go through Hell Week, and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're badass with a big budget. That's not – so does that make it? Does that make it right? If we're going down this path, because somebody brought up a point, so I just uh, did a podcast with the Warrior Training Center and the pre-RASP uh, program that they have there, or not RASP. I'm sorry, the uh, the pre-Ranger um, Ranger uh, Training Assessment Course, and um, somebody on the post that I had created about this episode that I did, which they have an excellent program, you know, 82 percent graduation rate, all this kind of stuff, and really get people through. 82% meaning people who go on to ranger school after attending this end up graduating. You know, they have a higher percentage of graduating, at least finishing week one. So um, I put this post out there about this episode, and somebody makes a comment 
And, and this is where it's interesting. You should be willing to listen to other people's opinions and of the other side of the fence because it should make you think. And he goes, why has the military adopted all of these pre-courses and pre-pre-pre-courses before they get to what was supposed to be just the assessment in the first place? That's a great question. And I thought that's yeah. a great question. That's a great question. And you know so, what? Why are we? Because, and I comment, I'm sorry, Paul, I commented back and said, Somewhere along the line, commanders failed in sending the wrong individuals to the assessment course by not conditioning and vetting to make sure they're sending the right people, charging the Army or military for whatever it is, whatever branch, charging the military for the cost of them going there and then having to send them back. And instead of reprimanding that commander or senior NCOs for not preparing that individual to get there, Let's create a pre-course so that we can increase the percentage. I'm sorry. Now, yeah, see, but I and I think the problem with that is that it's that's happening for sure. They're sending unqualified candidates to all kinds of schools and selections. But I think when it like when it comes to women in the military or women in combat arms or women go to ranger school or any of these groups, the 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 prerogative has to be: is this making the military better? Thank you. And if it's that you can't answer that question, then you probably don't need to do it. So if it's going to make the unit better and more effective at what it's supposed to do, then you do it. Thank if you. If it doesn't, then you don't. And so with the pre-courses, we've been at work for 20 years. We need to graduate at greater than a 50% rate from Ranger School. I'm making this up. I don't know if that's the case, but I would imagine that's desirous mm-hmm. because we need more people in leadership roles. Like when w- women go into Ranger School, do I care about that? Not at all. Not, not a question in my mind. It's a fantastic small unit tactics leader course. I think we're sending women to combat zones. They're in charge of small units. They're going to need to know these basic things. Could they learn it somewhere else? Sure. But why shouldn't these people who are leaders in the military be afforded the same opportunity to get excellent small unit tactics so that they can keep people alive and so they can survive as well and execute their mission? So that, to me, makes sense. And the pre-courses make sense because we're dealing with a different population. You know, I mean... I was My generation is probably that, right? the last generation that grew up, you know, get on your bike, go play until the streetlights came on. Mm-hmm. Bone density is different. You know, metabolism is different. Diet is different. And these kids are breaking. That's well, what the people tell us. That's a, no, that's a great point. I, I just finished training with some uh, 10th Mountain guys. They, were, they did a great job. And two of them were excellent uh, standouts. They both were former drill sergeants. Mm-hmm. And they said that the 12 mile road march, kids are yeah. breaking. All the time yeah. because they have the bone density of a fifty-three-year-old woman. Holy shit! That was a quote. I, I, I there were some uh, statistics that came out of, and I don't have them That's handy terrifying. or whatever. Out That's of terrifying. out of SOCOM, I think there was the same way uh, yeah. that said the same thing about just the general population of what they're hiring. So I made when that argument when we interviewed Ranger Regiment. Right. So when they I said the same thing, they did. When, when That's I, why they're doing pre-rats. When I said that about the pre-Rangers and or pre-courses and all this kind of stuff, I'm trying to play the devil's advocate against those. Sure. So we got to listen to all sides of this fence, but you're right. If we have a smaller population that's interested in going to the military and then of that, a smaller one that's interested in going in the soft community and of that, the demographic or the makeup of the individuals from a physical standpoint of being able to have the the physical capabilities, then it is kind of a preconditioning. And it may make sense in these times. Well, I also think I remember going to RIP and losing good dudes to injuries just because we weren't training smart or we weren't prepared or whatever. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, battalion's fault. It's not. 
But the way they do it now, I didn't like it when they changed to RASP. And I wasn't... What's the difference between ranger indoctrination and ranger assessment? It's more training and less... Well, it's less less of a beatdown. Like, you have to survive, Rip. You just got to survive. And you lose good people to injuries, and that's just bad luck. So your, your end product is diminished for luck that you can eliminate for a random variable that you can eliminate with a little bit of a, with two extra weeks of PT and conditioning and education. So then you're, so if you can do that, then you're countering me on the, the pre rest Now, first it was, yeah, you wanted to agree with the rest or I mean the, uh, the pre, but now you're saying no, but if we do that, then we're not selecting the right people. It should no, be I'm saying we are selecting the right people. We're selecting more of the right people. Those guys that, 10, 15% that you lose to injuries. Yeah. That's just bad luck. Those guys were going to pass. Okay. I see what you're saying. You give them a little bit more conditioning, teach them how to take care of themselves in this austere environment. And now you've got those good candidates and they're going to serve the military longer. So, but right. This should be a beat down. I agree because we need to weed out the people who really don't want to be here. Yeah. We're not and just don't want to be here, but can't hack the stress. Can't hack it. Like you, people are going to try and kill you. Ring the bell. Yeah, and Get if you can't handle that. To your point, too, about the numbers, is it an OER game? It always is, right? Isn't there? Oh, there's always an objective there somewhere. I I, I mean, we jo- we used to joke about being in and a new commander, you know, a new general comes in to, to the, be the department of the, you know, the DOD leader or whatever, the department of the Army leader. All of a sudden, uniforms change. Why do we need a new damn, damn uniform? You know, I mean, our uniform is perfectly fine that we've got right now, you know? Yeah, everybody wants to put the rubber stamp. They want to leave a mark. They want to. Yeah, this is my legacy. But the numbers, is it a good idea to force more numbers into these selections? Or is it best to allow the best people to come to the top? Shouldn't that second part still play in with the first part? I mean, are you saying that we're still not going to get the best? Qualified, even if we increase the volume. I mean, we should. I think the numbers are the. I think I spoke to a an SAS guy a long time ago, and uh, he said the numbers are the numbers. You're not going to get any more. The right people are only going to be a small percentage, no matter what you do. How many times though have you heard even guys who, you know, were in group and. They went through SFAS. They went through Q with guys who should never have been passed on. I mean, every time I talk to someone, they're like, oh, dude, man, I can, I can name all three guys right now. Well, that's And some of them got weeded out when they got to the group because now the Army passed it on. What, what are you saying? Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have people slip through the cracks. What generation were those guys from? Uh, they were probably before 18X. But, no, I think yeah. it probably happened well, no, even I'm saying, now. What, gen- what generation were they looking at? Because if you're looking at, like, during the surge... You know, in the that's mid- the 2000s, yeah. yeah, we put too many guys through. I remember I was in charge of those, the guys that came through RIP, and they passed guys that they shouldn't have passed. They were borderline, and those guys fucking sucked. I hope they're listening. I was going to say. I hope they know they sucked. Did they, did they pan out, though? No. Okay. No. A couple of them, maybe one, one guy out of 10 that shouldn't have been there pan out. I mean, the rest of them were fine. They went through, they met the gates, they did what you were supposed to do in any other RIP class. But then we'd get these guys and we're like, how did you get through this? And we'd hear the stories, you know, from the, their peers that went through with them. And they're like, they were on the edge. They got through. Ugh. 
there I think, was, the, there I think was the focus that. is wrong. You're trying to increase numbers within a system yeah. that has finite numbers. The, yeah. The, yeah. the real answer is uh, recruiting should be the focus. Getting people Starting into the, the military yep. is yeah. if, if you have this pool that dwindles, right? Recruiting numbers are always an issue, I would assume. You're a recruiter. Every year. How do you, how do you have this dwindling uh, population that wants to serve their country and yet you grow the people that are at the elite that doesn't make sense. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's excellent. Those, those, those work yeah. against each other. So something, something is changing, right? It, it's not that you're, you're allowing more people to do something because you need those numbers to grow, but you're still not, you're not supporting the base of the whole, the whole thing, which is getting more people in the military. And that is, yeah. if you really want to look at what an issue could be, it's the amount of people in this country that actually feel that they should go do something greater than themselves. And there's nothing wrong with not doing it, but there's a select group of population of people that we need a certain amount to sustain ourselves. You can't do that by just putting in pre-programs and doing this and increasing these numbers. That's false information because if you're not building it here, we're not getting any better. When we drew down the force in the 90s, early 90s, after Desert Storm, yeah. that's what changed a lot of things, too. Because um, we we set up programs to where we paid them out so they could leave the military and stuff. And so it, it kind of set up that mentality of, oh, hell, maybe I don't want to stay around here. Let me go ahead and take the big check and get me a new truck, you know, and, and get out and such. And so they, they kind of pop smoke and everything. And then the forces went down. But the numbers increased, to your point. And then all, not only that, but the front end... Um, it was already challenging even in that time frame because yeah. I recruited in the uh, late 80s. You know, so I recruited before Desert Storm. It mm-hmm. was hard then. Mm-hmm. After Desert Storm with the smaller force, even still trying to get you, would think, oh, okay, then I can easily find that number. Hell no. No. It was even harder. Do you know if USAREC is still working with JSOC-type forces, whether they're Marine Raiders or Rangers, to go to high schools and local communities and talk to them about about what it's like to be? I don't know if USAREC's working uh-huh. with them, but I do know like 75th Ranger Regiment just sent out a team to go down. I think it was Miami or Fort Lauderdale or something like that. And they had a trailer and they did a whole leads, you know, they, they kept capture the leads. They probably give it to, I'm assuming, to USAREC to give them, you know, try to feed them into the pipeline, you know, to possibly be option 40. I don't know if they're actively going out there and doing it. They They do have segments like, you know, the uh, Golden Knights is an example. Is now an an, an area of um, of uh, Usarek. Um, the EA Sports, um, you know, gamers and everything. There's a whole damn you know team of the individual. Stuff? Yeah, there's a whole. Have you heard of this? There's Xboxers. Sports. There is a there is a whole. I'm going to get mad. Probably I'll probably. No, end up. You should. There's like a company of of individuals. Maybe they're only a platoon. I don't know. But there is a large element of individuals who are getting paid to go and play Xbox, uh, Call of Duty. Around the, the country. With the U.S. Army badge on it saying use the they, There was are, one that just left there that Army. is wearing a green beret. He left, uh, you know, he left group and stuff. They found out that he was a previous gamer before he came on act- active duty. Very exciting. He came over and he did that and he's like, I got to get back to group. And he's now going back to group. No, it's very exciting. When I say very exciting, I mean not very exciting. So, <laughs> so, so the reason why I asked you, right, is because I know that 175 worked with Userec. And I know that NCOs and junior NCOs went to different schools around. They asked us to go on a circuit. I, 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 I used to love those things, man. I'd have Apaches coming in. The thing that they had no idea that you existed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm in that. I'm talking to people every day to young students, talking about the military occupational specialties and going on and on and on. I did. We did it for a week, all right here in Georgia, and I I can't tell you how many people are like I I didn't even know men like you existed. You know, you're in your yeah. you're in your dress greens, you're in your Cochrans, you know, your yeah. your beret, every, and you're talking to them. We did like four talks a day, three or four talks a day. It, it became exhausting, but it. It opened my eyes to, to what you just said about we. I think we need to get people, right? Not gamers. Get people back to the people. Yeah. Talk again. This always this, to me. It always goes back to leadership. The banner of leadership is so large to me, and all these little banners are underneath it. But leadership banner is so large that to me, this has to be done. You have to get people. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, man, it goes back to, like, people text you. Get on the phone. Get on the phone and call me. Yeah. I have something to talk to you about. Texting is, to me, is, you know, I, my phone's on do not disturb for text. If you want to talk to me, call me. Otherwise, forget it. But we need to get people down to, Kelly talked about this, building the bottom, building the bottom. And it's, and, uh, I'm working with uh, Mickey Pittman, and we're going to work uh, on a thing about building men again building men together we, we need we need places where we can build that framework that you talked about Kel. you know the the base what don't apologize for being a man let's talk about being a man a good man and uh god bless man i just want i would love to get back into those schools put your green braids put your uh, dress greens on or your pinks and greens and you're you, you know and, and talk Talk about the things that can make you successful. Why the why the army's a good place to start for anybody. Yeah. It's not it's not what John Kerry said, whether you're you know, you must be stupid to you know, you must be dumb to get in the army. Yeah. We're, and uh, there is that stigma. Four, is. four of us on this table are not stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> At least three. <laughs> All right. You got me. You got me. <laughs> no, but I mean I think Jeez. the 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 way they're going about doing it now is any way they can with the trolling motor to make sure that is there they can cast a net to catch that number because they're fighting that number. Yeah. It's a dwindling it's, resource. And it is. It, and then you've got the political climate that does make it hard to probably go into the schools and do those types of things that we used to be able to do oh, in yeah. the past. And so God bless the recruiters that are out there that are trying to get this stuff done. And yeah. then you've got a kid that walks in the door and goes, I want an option 40 contract. Boom. And, well, the problem is you don't get as many option 40 opportunities yeah. out there. Option 40 is a ranger? Yeah. yeah ranger contract. So what, what they're trying to do now is ranger regiments like, okay, we can only offer so many. But, you know, we also know that there's an attrition here that's going to happen and everything. So what we're going to do is we're going to put recruiting teams from regiment at these uh, specific basic training OSIT AIT centers so that we can uh, at least talk with them about it. And we've also found that we don't want them after airborne school, like when you went through. We want them before airborne school to see if they're even going to make it. Then we'll send them to airborne school. And so they flipped everything around, and they're like, well, now you don't have to have a Ranger contract coming in the door. If you go to Fort Benning, Fort Lewis, Fort, you know, where— Wachuca, you go in one of those installations, more than likely you're going to get that briefing like you did uh, with SMU. They're going to walk in the door and they're going to go, hey, there's a briefing at 0530 if you want to go down there. No, it's part of the, t- the pipeline. It's now. part of the you pipeline. You graduate from a relevant MOS, part of your briefing at the end. And they'll change your contract be a right there. Brief. Right then, you want to go to regiment? All right, here you go. We're going to change PT's your contract high right enough. now. PT's right, that's your PT's got to be high enough. enough, yeah. Turds. 
So they're at least trying to make an effort, regimen is, but realizing that, um, okay, you know, we may not have it in the front end through USAREC, and we may not have that. We also know, though, if we pick them, we can cherry pick them within the basic training based on their physical uh, training scores and stuff, and then we'll put them through a pre-RASM, and we'll really weed them down again to see, all right, you know, are we passing on the best into RASP? And then if you make it into RASP, okay, now you go to airborne school. Go to airborne school, you're going to come in, and, and now you're going through the cycle, and then you go to, to ranger school um, after that and everything. So it's a, they're, they're trying to get it uh, in the right way because they know the talent that's coming in or the numbers are so small that they're going to have to, like, get engaged to cherry pick and not allow just option 40 to be the opportunity in the very beginning. See, I wonder, I wonder why can't we so x-ray program. So <clears throat> you go straight from AIT. Boom! Uh, you go to airborne too, I guess. I'm, yeah, I'm you do. You go airborne, airborne first. first, then you go to pre uh, SFAS. Yep, or, yep. Know, the pre SOT. What you talk about? SOT, SOT, C, SOT, C, and then they go to you know all the things. Okay, but if they fail, they go to a pool. You're back to a pool again, and you have nowhere to go because you had nowhere to come from. Shouldn't shouldn't we? Oh, well, like needs of the army then? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but they sit there. They sit there. They have a high suicide rate. Yeah. They have yeah. alcoholism. Because uh, there's really nothing for them to do, but why can't you know if you if you're in first ID and you want a ranger school slot, you get one. You go to ranger school, you recycle or you quit, right? And you go back. Guess what? You go back to your unit. Yeah. Can we do the same thing with these either rangers? Or, can we make the the option forty contract? You you're gonna go through. Uh, uh, you're going to go through basic, basic AIT, AIT, airborne. And then go to a unit. And go to a unit with with the guarantee that, yes, you will, you'll go to Ranger School. You'll go to Pre-Ranger or you'll go to uh, RASP. But if you fail, you have a place to go back to. Or maybe it's you go to Ranger School. You're guaranteed to go to Ranger School, which is, you know, very well, different. a lot of guys are going first. And then you're you an import. Rasp, then Ranger that, that goes it's to the weird. whole import. It's weird. That's not right. But you're saying what now? A lot, a lot of, of guys go to Ranger School right after RASP. I think didn't, well, they, didn't right. the boys they down did say, say that, that the, there's some guys that are going before PFC or whatever. If they seem like they're pretty sharp and they're physical specimens, yeah, they pretty much send them right there. So they let lieutenants go. You know what? The, you know, I was talking about the Warrior yeah. Training Center. You know, I the, mean, during their summer break. Yeah. So, so National Guard, you'll love this. <laughs> you probably haven't heard it. The Warrior Training Center that I was talking about for the pre-ranger. You can go into the National Guard now, 11 Bravo, OSIT, get done with that. Airborne school, boom, done. You go over uh, to Warrior Training Center, and they send you to the pre-ranger. Go to ranger school. Come over, send you to Pathfinder, Air Assault. You go back as a PFC you got all the trinkets. Wrong, and wrong answer. No, that's what they're wrong doing. Wrong answer. And that's that's what that's stupid. That's not that's completely eradicating that base that you need. You, now you're just regiment doesn't need. They don't need college grads. They don't need. Uh, they don't need air assaulters. They don't need. They need. They need people that they can groom for the mission set that they have emerging or existing. Any any I agree with any that. unit should do that. Yes. Great point. Yes. And and I. I understand why it's happening, uh, but I think it's the wrong focus. I think, 
and not just because I like the old way, but I think there is inherent value in somebody growing up. Well, you, that's it. That's we, exactly in, our, it. in our generation, though, we had to earn it. Yeah. Again, it goes back yeah. to SFAS. Yes. You had to have two years in. Yes. Have some skin in the game yeah. for the unit that you're with. Have yeah. a, have a have an NCOER. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Show well, yourself some potential if you're going to join one of the premier special operations units. For the I, love of Pete. I did Ranger. Well, I did uh, I did Best Ranger. When I came back from that, my reward was Seer School, and I was overjoyed with it yeah. to go for two weeks and suffer in November <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of SF people. Like that's the way it should be. Oh, I loved Seer School. You know, and and that loved that's. It. You earn those things. Seriously, yeah. was one of the best schools I've ever attended, period. Yeah. Period. Well, I mean, and you heard earlier where Paul was talking about that's what he wanted to do. Wanted to and he so wanted, he had proved yeah. him, he, yeah. to him, he had proven himself. Yeah, and give like, up leave to go be a POW. They're like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, it's just like society. <laughs> do, you, do, do lottery winners become sustained millionaires? No. No. That's a good analogy. Statistically proven, yeah. Wow. And, and why is that? Because they didn't yeah. earn it. That's right. Yeah. Do people who are given things value what they're given? Absolutely. Let's look at the success of the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. It give, all countries give it money all the time. Its success is limited at best. Period. Period. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think people that get that opportunity right out of the bag, it may seem like they value it. But how can you really value it if you haven't spent any time building well, any of yeah, these welfare things? Welfare doesn't work. But you're you're a product though of going straight. So you're you're. <laughs> what I hear is that you wanted to go um, into the army after serving with the National Guard and go Ranger. That's what you wanted to do. What if they'd have told you when you walked in the door? I no. What we're going to do is we're going to give you a contract that says you can go back over to your armor unit, and if it pans out and stuff, and you do well, and you make E five. You know, that is now you're guaranteed your contract will kick in. You'll get a chance to go um, to RASP or, you know, a RIP or whatever that time frame. It was, was it ROPE? Was just officers? Was or just, so it was RIP. RIP was enlisted and ROPE was for officers. Uh, commission yeah. officers. Yeah. So you get a chance to go to RIP at that time frame. And, hey, if you make that, you go to Ranger School. You get a part of the unit. Well, you, but, can, you can speculate all you like, but we d- didn't do it that time. So it didn't. We but didn't you want it now, though. You're saying it'd be better no, now. No, I'm just saying, is it? Is it? Is it? A better idea. Why don't we test it? I, I don't disagree with you. I guess I'm trying to say, though, if I threw it on you, how would you feel about it? And you're saying, well, that was a different period. No, if you fa- I can be honest. I'd be a hypocrite. I, I would have taken the opportunity. But it, does that mean it was right because I wanted to do it? No, I have that perspective now looking at it going, oh. I think it. It's, well, also, I would have been a hypocrite. I would have, if you would have given me the opportunity to go to ranger school right out of rip. I mean, I was pretty exhausted from that pipeline. Um, uh I wouldn't have gone. No. I, I probably, no. I just, Rip I would have almost killed me. I would have just kept saying, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that is, we talked about this yesterday. I didn't plan anything. So for me as a person, I probably stupidly would, yeah, okay. You want to send me to aerosol? <laughs> yeah, okay. Like that's, that's just, that's how I got to wherever I got my entire career. Yeah, no, no, no premeditation. Just, yep. Well, send me. So right. I would probably be difference. a hypocrite, but now in perspective, I, I, I don't think it's the right thing. Yeah, whatever. But you know, you, they say hindsight's twenty twenty, Age, maturity, you know, wisdom, which comes from making mistakes, you know, learning, learning not to do that again, allows us to have, I think, somewhat of a perspective of how we think it probably could, should be done outside of the vacuum of maybe an OER, ch- you know, opportunity or putting my rubber stamp on it. What is best for the military? What is the right decision that we should look at? Let's 
run a couple of tests of different scenarios to see what would be the right output to get the best product at the end of the day. Because to your point, that's what it should be about. Should be. I think I think it already exists. Look at look at the unit. You want a you want a framework for the way that things should be done to get the best people. You why know, haven't the other? They already got it. Why haven't they the other soft media adapt, adopted? Well, that's that? that's why we switched to RASP. Because it's hard. We switched to RASP it's not, because it's, it's a not easy selection process. It's, n- it's not. Yeah. And it was modeled after other units. Yeah. We're like, all right, how do we get the best people for our mission? And that's why I try to be like real critical of RASP because the missions changed, just like the uniforms. I mean, they're doing things that I would never have done that I don't think are good ideas, but why would I know? I'm not, I'm not in theater anymore. I'm not getting the briefs. They're, they're not losing guys. So, you know, outside looking in, I don't know. And you see, you see this. I mean, you, you see the changes in the military with all the training you do. Yeah. I mean, so let's talk about that. What is it that you do today? So after a bunch of years and doing a bunch of cool stuff, um, I've had four back surgeries, by the way. Oh, my God. And I've had cancer. I uh, broke up my neck. <laughs> um, so I had some challenges along the way. And then uh, I decided that, you know, I was never going to carry a rifle anymore. <laughs> because, like, the... Well, I didn't ask you. Did you spend 20 years in? 31. 31. 30. I'm sorry. I didn't want to, like... Short change at you. <laughs> that is good. a badge. That's something that you need to wear all the damn time. That's a long time. Thirty-one for pay. Twenty-six uh, real, real deal. Still. Twenty-six and change. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So there's a, a there's a blues artist I dearly love. His name's Joe Bonamassa. The best guitar player you've never heard of, probably. Um, and he had he has a song called Black Lung Heartache where he talks about a man who obviously is a miner and he carries his his hammer like uh, it's like an anchor you know it's uh, it's this thing he carries with him all the time so the rifle was that thing and I was like I'm not I'm done with this crap man man so before I left the army and I left the army in 13 and in 12 or so I got a really nice a good piece of advice and somebody said hey you need to set up an LLC Whatever you want to do, after here, you're going to want to have an LLC. So I did that. So I thought I was going to do an off-road. You're laughing. You're laughing. I am. I just, I, I'm not laughing at at the concept of the uh, off-road. No, 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 no. I think it was brilliant. I loved watching you outfit the truck and do the, I I was laughing at at your video. Uh, That's the, the, I don't know which one. I I made a couple. The dark, the dark night. When I'm uh, on the side. Slow roll. Uh, Yeah. That, that's funny to me. He had a he did Baja. And, yeah. So, uh, oh, so well, I was going to say, was that the broke back part? Or it wasn't. Was a, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a Baja event. But thank you. It, no, it was. A, it was an off road event. No, but it wasn't a uh, sanctioned event. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't a race. I, I ran it like a race, but it, w- it was not a race. So yeah. So what I wanted to do in 2012 was I, I was going to you know drop my hammer and not carry this weight anymore and get away from the army and you rifles and guns and stuff and and I was going to do this. Off-road company, so DCM Off-Road is what came out of it, and I partnered with a guy. We had a piece of land. Uh, we did hill climbs. We had, you know, we we outfitted different trucks, and uh, in that in that time frame too, I had bought a 2010 Ford Raptor. So this is the Raptor was about two years old now, and I sunk about 150k into the Raptor oh. to make it something much more than it came from 
Dearborn. Mm-hmm. So then we we trailered it and took it places, and we went out to California. We did a, a Vegas to Vegas 840-mile event uh, loop, and uh, it was fantastic, of course. But what you do in off-road is you break things. You run it hard and you break. So if this, this industry, I love it. I love that industry. But if you want to make a million dollars in that industry, you start off with two yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Sort of like NASCAR and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it was amazing. I loved the experience, uh, but I wasted a lot of money and uh, wasted. I used money. Uh, the company didn't make any money. We had a great time. We you outfitted a whole experience. bunch of. No, we did, we outfitted a whole bunch of trucks. We did two events: one in Texas, one in uh, in California area, Vegas. Um, but you know the, the the thing is too, if you want to run an off road uh, company, you, it's hard to do it from North Carolina. <laughs> you have to trailer everything to the west where everything is. You know, the, yeah. the High Desert Racing Association is uh, all throughout Texas and and uh, New Mexico and Arizona. Arizona and, yeah, and uh, so yeah, yeah, all the, anything anything Baja is out there, obviously in Southern California. So yeah. What else is it? The BITD, the best in the desert racing. That's all throughout Nevada, California, you know, Arizona. So whatever. It's it was it was a pipe dream. But I ran that 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 course ran its course. I joined the uh, the agency for a while. I was uh, I was a GRS guy, which is a almost godless and pretty much thankless job. Um, what is, is what is GRS? The Global Response Staff. Oh. You seen the movie Thirteen Hours? Yeah, yeah, that's them. Yeah, okay. uh, and the relationships. Uh, somebody will laugh when they hear this, or somebody will say, "Well, maybe he's right, maybe he's not." But the the relationship that Michael Bay showed in the movie between the the GRS protectors mm-hmm. and the staff was it hyperbolic in, in to a degree, sure, but it was also pretty much right on time. <laughs> they don't they don't dig you. You're you're a nug. You're yeah. a gorilla. Mm. Break glass in case of war. No big deal. <laughs> Break glass. Don't you know? You know, it's not a not a great relationships between those those entities. So, you know, but, but again, it goes back to leadership. When I first came on board, uh, they were like, oh, they hate us. Okay, how come? Yeah, what? Yeah, why? why? Let's gotta let's, be a, let's go make a difference. Let's go talk yeah. to him. Yeah, <laughs> did you? I'm a, yeah, my audiologue. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I can I can fix this. So uh, we, I thought we had, we had I established a good relationship, um, but still, there's still other roadblocks that sure. you, you couldn't get past. So I, but again, leadership was the issue. I quit that business. How uh, long? Uh, about three or four years. Oh, that's. Then I did another a bit. Time. Yeah, I, I came on. I was on for a while. Then I then I quit. Mm. Then they said, "Come back," and I and I went back. Mm. And I went to Beirut, and that was good. That was a pretty good job. Uh, but you're an overpaid taxi driver protector. You know, it's okay. Singleton PSD work. It's uh, and, then, and then and Kelly and I talked about this too. PSD is the worst of the cool guy stories. Uh, it's the worst of the cool guy jobs. Yeah. It's not fun. It's a necessity, but you're living somebody else's life. I don't like it. Yeah. Never liked it ever. So anyway, dump that. And now finally, uh, I have a website <laughs> and I have an Instagram page again and again. This is my third Instagram page because they keep booting me. Um, <laughs> last time they booted me, I had 14,500 people. I'm trying to catch up with uh, mentors from military. And, <laughs> and, I'm trying to keep up with the other guys. And they, and they booted why, me. Why did they do that? Because I was pretending to be someone else. Put quotes around that, air quotes. 
Uh, yeah. I was not pretending to be someone else. Someone else was pretending to be me, and I would eliminate those entities. And then what they do one morning, they turn the tables around. Yeah, they reported you. And they report me. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, apparently there's no serious algorithm for checking, or they yeah. don't check. Or if you say, hey, fucko, how about not using my photograph anymore? Yeah. You shit for brains. That's what is nice and, about it. And then they report account. because I was mean. Yeah, your harassment. Yeah. Harassment yeah. and harassment. bullying. And then, but, but what Instagram tells me still is that we were pretending to be someone else. I say we, another uh, young man uh, who's an 18X-ray guy. Yeah. Um, he and I run the thing. But So you don't hate him? 18 x rays. No, no, I love 18. Okay. There's a lot of good people came out. I'm just picking up. No, seriously, dude. There's a lot the window of, there. There's a lot of good people that came out of the x-ray program, without a doubt. Yeah. We find good people there. Yeah. It's just, I wish, again, that people, if, if you wanted to be a special forces guy, I'm all about it. Go be a soldier. Learn how to be a soldier, a team leader. That's I just had to poke it. Poke it, you know. Yeah, and then that come was back. a perfect opportunity for me to poke you. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, you yeah. started a website with an 18 X-ray uh, social media. Yeah, D- Dylan Shore is his name. He's a dual citizen. He's a smart kid, and he's. By a the hustler. way, what is the Instagram page that, for those who are it listening? It is. Uh, uh, what is it? It's Dutch, <laughs> Dutch Chris Moyer actual. Yeah, it's Dutch Chris Moyer actual, and the website is DutchChrisMoyer.com. Weird. I have a my own name as a as a as a domain. domain. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Weird. Super weird. Uh, you know, unlike guys like Pat McNamara and Jimmy Caldwell have been doing this for years. Uh, I've been doing it for months. And the mission? No, the uh, my no, mission. I mean, no, no, I said, well, yeah, what is your mission? Yeah, thanks. Uh, no, just to give back. You guys, yeah. you said it this morning when mm-hmm. you said you, you just want to give back. I, I often say if I can't fight, I want to train. If I can't train, I want to drink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and sometimes all three. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I want to do, and I want to keep. I I love when when uh, recently, Mac, uh, Rick Hogg, and myself have trained uh, the SVAB yeah, Rick Hogg. and Ranger Battalion and Tenth cool. Mountain. Rick's been on, and we've had a great time, all three Very of us, cool. and we work well together. And just I I, I just want to keep training. Yeah. And now I do my own thing. I'm trying to go across the the nation, and I will tell you if if people are listening to this, I know that people do listen to this. Um, if you know where you have a well-outfitted range out there somewhere and you want to get nine of your pals together, that person is free. You know what I mean? That's how I, I've talked about this before. That's incredible. Um, And so that one guy, whoever wants to, you know, have me come out to whatever range in Montana, Idaho, Texas, wherever, Arkansas, I don't don't care where I travel and uh, I still like to travel. So. I'll go at wherever. I just came back from California recently. I did a thing in Oceanside with the academy out there in San Diego. Um, so this is civilian and yeah. law enforcement and yeah. whoever really wants in, your service. In the beginning, to, yeah. I focused on military and law enforcement only, but now I do open enrollment for civilians as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, you had said something about, you know, talking to them about uh, what men is and, you know, really giving mentoring, you know. Big time, I mentor. So along with that, you're also trying to prepare them perhaps for this lifestyle? Big time. Okay. I, I, everything, go back to the big banner, mm-hmm. leadership. You know, you, I, you just talk to the students. You talk to the people. You know, and I've, I've already mentored numerous young men who have uh, reached out to me on Instagram and said, hey, can you help me with X? And it's free help, man. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll still do it. Um, 
I think yeah. that's awesome. I, you know, and I, we go to the pre ranger, and we, you know, we talked about all the pre stuff. But if you can also create a pipeline, we know we're having shortages in a lot of cases because we we spoke to that. But if you can create a pipeline of individuals who are willing on their own dime to go through training as a civilian to learn about what this takes and answer a lot of those questions and maybe push themselves in such a way where they can determine whether or not they have the mental aptitude and physical capability to, to be able to do this and stuff and learn from one of the guys who walked that you know mile, um, that's you keep I would I've probably have attended one of those for sure. I think it could really you're creating a pipeline too of individuals that probably will be successful. I never thought of it that way for that you know, but I hope so. I hope we do. Yeah, I want to. You know, I just sat down and made a business plan with Dylan, and we. All, I want to do X amount of money and X amount of training, and and uh, you know we're gonna have swag and crap. We don't have that yet, but we're mm-hmm. gonna. Um, one of the things too I'm bringing back is so my logo is the 48 star flag. It's uh, my logo on my car outside. It's the logo on my truck, and uh, I love the 48 star flag because not only is it, you know, it do I still do I like Alaska and Hawaii? Yes, I do. I love Alaska and Hawaii, but it harkens back to a different time, uh, World War II era, Again, obviously, historian. where so we loved, yeah. you know, we loved our country a lot. We liked our people a lot. There was um, less. <laughs> there were less issues. Uh, there were issues. Sure, we have we, all throughout time. We have our issues. I get it, but mm-hmm. eh, there was a little less issues, and we fought against a common foe. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a thing to do, and uh, so my 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 T-shirts and my posters are going to have uh, like my ads will be like a World War II poster. Cool, and it'll say. I don't know, picture the one with the Doughboys, you know, going oh, forward. Yeah. It says attack, attack, attack. And on the bottom, it'll say, you know, join DCM uh, evolutionary gunfighter or whatever, you know. But it's going to be a World War II theme, the whole thing. I'll see how long that lasts. It probably won't last that long, but we'll see how it goes. So if Alaska or Hawaii invite you over to do some training, you're going to put the extra little stars on there? No. And- <laughs> <laughs> but I still do contract work, too. I worked with uh, the Endurance Group lately. I was working with uh, the 21st STS uh, out of Blakely, Georgia. They're not... <clears throat> they're out of Bragg, but we were working in Blakely, Georgia at the mm-hmm. uh, at the arena. Okay, uh, it's you know just you're all over the place. It's great to to do that. It's just great to it's. Well, I had, it was funny too. We talked about it last night. I had this great experiment. Yeah, like you know, I'm going out there for two weeks, and it'll be you know weightlifting and the right food and working hard. I I worked out once. <laughs> it was working super hard and drinking. <laughs> And it was a, it's a great time for them to come down and get their own camaraderie. You know, yeah. they come down, they get the, this, they do this contract with endurance, and they come down, and uh, you know, we got all the guys I know work together. Yeah. I was working with Caldwell uh, recently, and, and uh, Rob Vaughn and Eric Eckhart, and I mean, why not? Right in 2018, I was working for uh, Tom DiDomaso's company called Deco, and I'm hanging out with my mates yeah. and training people. To make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Kind of a no-brainer. It's not uh, It's not working that hard. Yeah. Well, what's the, uh, you know, I, it was Rush Limbaugh who told me that he said, you know, if you, if you do something you love every day, it's not working. So so I try to do that. Chris Dutch Moyer. Thanks for uh, Dutch, coming on the Dutch Chris mentor Moyer. shirt. <laughs> Dutch Chris Moyer. Uh, you know. All right. 
That, 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 see, that fits with the DCM. What? That's my company, DCM. So Ah, got Dutch you. So we want to make sure we do the branding right. So that's Chris Moyer. <laughs> it's an honor. Appreciate uh, dude, you coming thank on. You. I, I'm blessed every day to get up out of bed, but I'm blessed to, uh, to be able to come here and talk to you guys. It's yeah, been awesome. Cool. I appreciate you. it. Yeah. Thank you. Kelly, appreciate You're it as well. Thank you Thanks, very Kelly. much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for making uh, this way better than if it was just by myself. Anytime.